5: visit worldafropedia.com the African-centered encyclopedia a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding worldafropedia.com
3: State Police
6: It's 911 Yeah, can I help you? This is Omar Thornton the the shoot over in Manchester Yes, where are you sir? i'm in the building uh you probably want to know the reason why i shot this place up this place up here is a racist place yep i understand they that me, uh, they treat me bad over here and treat all other black employees bad over here too so i take it it's my own hands and uh handle the of a problem I wish I, I wish I could have got more of the people yeah are you armed sir do you have a weapon with you oh yeah i'm armed how, how many guns do you have with you got yeah, one now one out one out in the uh in the uh, factory there. Yep. Okay, yeah, sir. I'm, I'm not going to kill nobody else, though. Yeah. We're going to have to have you surrender yourself somehow here and not make the situation any worse. You know what I mean? These cops are going to kill me. No, they're not. We're just going to yeah. have to get you to relax. To, I'm to have to, to have you, you know, turn yourself over. You can be mm-hmm. popular. Places, uh, I know mean, you can be popular here, man. Make sure you say the right oh, thing. If a fucking just roll by in Armageddon, they you don't know where I'm at, but I don't know. Maybe you can trace this from this phone call. But yeah, these people here are crazy, and it's doing, if you me bad since I started here. Racist company. Yep. you keeps me I'm the only black guy that I already got here. Okay, I'm going out of here. you me out all the time. Yeah, this is a this no, horrible no. situation. I understand that. You're hey, 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 trying to calm me down. I'm, right. I'm already calm down. Yeah. I'm not, not going to kill anybody else. I just want to tell my story so you can uh say okay. it back anyway. So you're gonna you're gonna help me get you out of the building, okay? All right, I'm gonna get out. I don't care about it. I got that taken care of. I don't need anybody to talking to me to get me out okay. of the line. Where in the building are you, there? I can tell you that. When they find me, that's when everything'll be over. But yeah, just. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you located? Okay? Are you up in the uh, offices? When they find me, everything's all right. Especially Memphis, in itself is a racist Yeah. Now, um, what time did you get there today? It uh, about seven o'clock. Yeah? Yeah. This morning? You're about 7 a.m., yeah. yeah, because we come early today. What type of weapon do you have? I got a, a, a Ruger SI 9 Shot. yeah. That's our line? Automatic, yeah. Is it a rifle? No, no, that's a. It's a two of my favorites. Now, uh, you're going to make uh, the, the troopers and the people come in and uh, catch it? You? You're not going to surrender yourself? Well, I guess i guess, uh, maybe I'll there. Nah, they're coming get me. I'm no, going come and get me. Yeah, we wouldn't want to do it like that huh? Yeah, you know, it's already been a bad enough scene here this morning. We want you to relax. Stop. I'm relaxed. Though. I'm. Yeah, calm down now. We don't want any more, any more, uh, you know, people to uh, lose their life there. I'm not gonna kill nobody else. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm not gonna come out of where I'm at. I'm not coming out there. That's fine. I saw some dogs. Or whatever. I don't know what he does. Anyway. Love to see you, How much ammunition you have with man? I got, uh, I got a lot of shots left. Oh. What's that? All right. I guess this conversation is over. I have to take you the business. Um, Except my people, I love them. Yeah. And I got to go down. Omar. Yeah. I really want you to help me stop this situation. Okay? Okay. If you work with me, we'll get this to stop. Okay? Omar. Oh, Omar. Omar. Okay. He's still alive. Uh, excuse me? Go ahead. Right um, okay, uh uh Pam, uh why did he kill himself?
3: Why do I think he killed himself? Yeah. Um I believe he killed himself because um uh, he had reached the maximum point of uh, what I would call when you try to submit and resist at the same time, you're going to self-destruct. Just like uh, if you tried to go up and down at the same time, you would rip your body apart. Well, I believe him trying to submit to white supremacy and resist it in the maximum way, uh, he had no other alternative but to destroy himself. And I think the suicide was actually not uh compensatory, it was more uh just a total deconstruction of his of his sanity. I believe he literally went insane. Uh a lot of people go in, go insane in a subtle way when they're in a in a racial relationship, but he did it in a very obvious and, and very violent way. That's just my opinion. Okay, thank you. Mhm.
6: Um, My question, um, do you think, um, or I guess I'll I'll ask it this way, how do you think uh, Omar Thornton being sexually engaged with a white
1: person, how do you think that impacted um, him dealing with what he said was racist white supremacist treatment on the job?
3: Well, I don't. Uh, I think he's uh, he's like uh, the, the like the black female caller, the one that called the Dr. Laura show. She's just the lighter side of an Omar Thornton. Uh, I believe this about Omar uh, about uh, Mr. Thornton. And I want to say first of all, I'm not looking to condemn him. That that listening to that that tape of his uh, of that 911 call was very sad for me, and you know he was in a lot of pain, and so it was hurtful to hear that. So I'm not looking to condemn him, but I have to be truthful and try to balance that with some compassion. But what needs to be said has to be said. This is my uh, overall impression after reading some of the articles about Mr. Thornton and knowing some people who are similar to him in these relationships, in hostile environments, in white environments where they're being mistreated, but they're still going home to that white person. Uh, my understanding is, and someone could correct me if I'm wrong, that Mr. Thornton dated one white woman after another. This was not his first white, female, white uh, girlfriend or fiance or whatever. Uh, I got the, also the impression his best friend was white. I believe to some degree it's possible that his white coworkers, particularly since most of them were male, and I believe maybe all of them were white men, they may have known he was sleeping with a white woman. Now, what he thought that was going to bring him in terms of being in a hostile white environment and sleeping with white women. Uh, I don't know what his thoughts were, but I believe possibly, and I've seen this with other black people, that sometimes naive black people believe that having a white partner or lover makes them more acceptable to white people. And uh, I believe that what happened with him was a classic case of trying to lay down with white supremacy at night. I mean, think about it. He's going home to a white female, He's laying down with a white female. He's having sex with a white female who, for all intents and purposes, may be a racist herself. Uh, she made this statement in one of the articles. She said, if you call him an N-word, he would go off. Now, she said, she said the, the word out, but he kept it inside. He kept it all bottled up, which made me ask the question, if you called him an N, he would go off. How did she know that? Did she watch someone call him an N, or did she call him an N? That was something that I really kind of wondered about. Uh, Thornton's best friend was a white guy who wanted to keep his name, I believe he was white, wanted to keep his name confidential. He made a statement and said he also used to work at the bill, bill distributorship, and he saw Thornton subjected to racist taunts. Now, my question with both about both of these white people is, did they ever say anything? Did they ever come to his defense? Did they ever try to uh, go to the other white people? and try to stop them from mistreating him. So I feel this way. If you're dealing with a white person who says they're not a racist, and they watch you being mistreated, and they don't say or do anything, just like that black female caller's husband, then they are guilty of omission and perhaps commission. They're either enabling white supremacy to be practiced against you, or they're uh, participating in it. Either way, you're not dealing with your ally. So when I look at Thornton, he rea- he did not realize he was sleeping with his enemy because an ally will never allow you to be mistreated. An ally will stand up for you, and they will in- intervene when someone else is mistreating you. So if you have a so-called ally, and they're remaining silent while you're being mistreated, which is what I suspect was happening with him, uh, then you are sleeping with the enemy. Uh, another thing I would say about him is that I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe that um, he, like this female caller, this is just my belief, they deliberately sought out, or I should say captured, because black people don't actually pursue white people. White people pursue black people for sex. They throw a challenge out there and they see if the black person accepts the challenge. The black person never challenges the white person to anything. They're always the one being challenged. And so... I look at black and white sex as pretty much the white person pursuing the black person being captured. Well, him, I believe that he allowed himself on multiple occasions to be captured probably by nothing but white females. And so uh, I believe that he he wasn't aware that he was literally sleeping with the enemy. And I suspect that these white people that he considered a friend and a fiancé really were not acting as the role of an ally they were pretty much remaining silent and passive and uninvolved as they saw him being mistreated.
7: Context of white supremacy. Pam, the great gusty renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Thursday, August 23rd, 2018, so I have been told this is our weekly caucus on neutralizing workplace racism. The audio segments that we heard that was the 200th broadcast of the Cows as we slowly <clears throat> encroach on our 10 year anniversary. Uh, We are also encroaching on our 2000th broadcast, just putting all things into perspective, Uh, but our 200th broadcast, which seemed like a lot of programs at the time, um, Pam, Gus T. Renegade, Justice, were on the program uh, specifically. That was August 2010. Eight years ago this month, Eight years ago this month, Omar Thornton, victim of white supremacy cowbell, allegedly killed eight people in Connecticut, eight suspected race soldiers, and is reported to have taken his own life uh, by gunshot wound to the head. That may have happened. I know Pam expressed some suspicion about that as well and we talked about that on the program. But that is certainly workplace racism. Uh, and I think I'm going to make an effort uh, at least every August to play that sound clip, because I think a lot of people uh, have forgot, forgotten uh, about that incident. Uh, I think that is extremely important. If nothing else, uh, that is a stark illustration, uh, in my view, of why this broadcast is important. And why it is important that we are sharing, discussing these issues. I don't think Omar Thornton had access to other black people, victims of racism to talk to. It sounds like he was just being suffocated, literally, by racists, uh, as you eloquently stated by Pam. Being terrorized by whites all day at work and then you come home lying down are the only people that you have to turn to also suspected race soldiers. But that's why I think this broadcast is important and why I encourage folks to dial in, share their views, what's happening to you on the job. You should especially dial in if you have figured out I don't have any of those frustrations. I will never be Omar Thornton, Omarosa Thornton, if you will. That will never be me. I don't have these problems. I don't get accused of anything uh, at my job. I do, you know, what I'm supposed to do. I get all my bonuses, I get all my raises, sick time when I need it, and I'm hanging out until I'm ready to retire. Cool in the gang, you should be the first person to dial in and help us out. How did you do that? We will take detailed, detailed, exquisite notes. The number is 641-715-3640. The code 56494 Three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. Number again six four one seven one five three six four zero. The code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like. To participate if you certainly if you are having problems on the job always welcome to dial in and we will make an effort to offer constructive logical counter-racist suggestions to help you uh, think about the problem that you're dealing with and perhaps some uh, suggestions on how to solve that problem without creating new problems you can also drop an email untiljustice at gmail.com untiljustice at gmail.com. If you're not able to call, you can write in and we can read your commentary on the air. Before I uh, move forward, uh, just make sure that I let people know. Uh, we mentioned yesterday on our tribute uh, to Pam uh, that uh, I, it was unanimous that folks felt it would be worth the effort to try to contact some of her Family members to let them know that we have uh, quite a treasure trove of audio files of Pam talking about a variety of topics over the years uh, I did uh, with the help of some listeners uh was able to send contacts out uh emails and even a few facebook messages as well so I will let you all know if and when uh, I hear back if they're interested in checking out the reports and all that, but it looks like I was able uh to make contact. None, none of the message came back as you know a fail or you know anything like that. So it looks at least that we were able to successfully contact several family members. I will report back. Uh, with that, there was a report workplace racism. I saw it today uh, trying uh, as best I can uh, with uh, heavy heart, as they say, to continue on the counter-racist grind. Uh, there was a report in the Kansas City Star, Black Journalist, The Importance of Black Journalists. Uh, the report reads, KSHB reporter says she was suspended for sharing Guardian story on white privilege. Now, that'll be the only time That I say the term white privilege on this here broadcast from here on out, that term will be replaced uh, with the the term racism uh, or and or white supremacy. But, yeah, (laughs) that's that just happens to be because it's in the title. Forgive me as I multitask briefly. Okay, so the report reads and I'm going to read the entire report because you'll see. So the report reads, this was published yesterday. A former reporter who is already suing KSHB TV for racial discrimination contends she was fired for posting an article on her Facebook page about white privilege, or excuse me, racism. While Lisa Benson Cooper's case is pending in federal court, a Twitter thread is drawing attention to a May 7 article in The Guardian that argues that white women play the role of victim whenever non white females assert themselves the article is titled how white women use strategic tears to silence non-white females on may 9th lisa shared this piece i wrote for the guardian about a common but only recently voiced phenomenon where non-white females who raise issues about Racism and their mistreatment, especially at work, are punished by white women who claim the non-white female is attacking them. Rumi Hamad tweeted Monday. And then they have the tweets as I'm skipping down. They have the tweets and then they have links to this Guardian article. Continuing. Hamad said two white female colleagues at the Kansas City Television News Station saw the article on Benson's Facebook page and contacted human resources. Dun dun dun. She said Benson was then suspended for making broad, unfair characterizations of white women as a group based on their race and gender, all in quotes. Benson posted on June 13 that she was no longer a reporter for 41 Action News. She followed on June 19 by posting that she did not quit her job but was suspended for posting the Guardian piece. I want you to know I did not quit my, my job, 41 Action News, KSHB-TV, she wrote, I was suspended for sharing a meme and a Guardian US article on my personal Facebook page and subsequently told I shall not report to work for the duration of of my contract. Uh, and it's got some Facebook posts scrolling down. KSHB, a Scripps, a Scripps company, has denied Benson's allegations of discrimination. Uh, we can confirm that, in line with its contractual rights, KSHB did not renew Lisa Benson's contract, News Director Kerry. Hoffman said, we cannot comment on pending litigation. We stand by our commitment to diversity and inclusion in our workplace, end of quote. In Vincent's suit, which was moved to federal court from Jackson County Circuit Court, she alleges that her race was constantly used in deciding where or what topics she would be reporting. She says she was consistently assigned to urban core stories and was once sent alone to interview a member of the ku klux klan kshb sports reporter demetrius d jackson also sued the station this year for race discrimination not racism contending he was twice passed over for sports director after management led him to believe he would get the job i could Man, that sounds familiar. Has anyone? Anyway, several people reacted to Hamas tweets about Benson. Not only uh, women who have brown or black skin experience this. I'm Chinese and have experienced this. White tears at my workplace too, one woman tweeted. The absolute irony displayed in these two white women's reaction to your article is brain meltingly ridiculous, another woman wrote. Hamad later tweeted, my article went viral with most page views and shares occurring in the US. We can also make Lisa's story go viral to ensure she is adequately compensated for this blatant targeting and discrimination. All she did was share my article to her personal page. Non-white females... We are strong together. Neither Hamad nor Benson responded to messages from the star. And then they have a few more tweets. Uh, End of post. Incidentally, all the way down at the bottom, at the very end of this post, at the Kansas City Star, they have a video featuring none other than the legend, Dr. Eddie Moore jr founder of the white privilege conference cow bell and for old time's sake i was gonna see if i could get the oh (laughs) let's see if if i can do it in the next 10 seconds if if we have the audio i was so stunned just oh my gosh just you know kind of soothing lotion so it doesn't
8: feel so painful
7: Mm, mm. Mm. I have to post the article so that you can see it, that I did not make this up. I am not fibbing. Uh, I might even take a screenshot in case something happens and the video, uh, for whatever reason, disappears uh, from being there. But Dr. Eddie Moore Jr., right at the end of the article, the White Privilege Conference in Kansas City. If Folks uh, who've been listening to the cows long enough, way back, also in 2010, April, Gus was in Wisconsin. Rob was in Wisconsin, software developer. LaCrosse, Wisconsin, for the White Privilege Conference. I think that was the 10th or 11th uh, conference that year. Woo! Talk about confusion. Anyway, what an article. That is something that folks can follow up on uh, with Ms. Benson and her discrimination lawsuit. One, to see how long it takes. That alone, it could be a year, two years, three years, five years. Who knows? That's one. And then to see what actually happens. Does she get some form of compensation? Uh, does this play out for a long time? Is it dropped? Is it unfounded? What happens? Because I've said before, you can get a lawyer. You can have a lot of great evidence. You And sounds like in this case, she might have some folks that are willing to speak up on her behalf, get a lot of publicity that can be helpful sometimes. Even still, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy. I suspect this television network, they will have a lot of resources to get a lot of attorneys uh, to make this, you know, as difficult for Miss Benson as possible. I could be in error. Uh, We had other people who wrote commentary in as well. Uh, It was enough that I don't think I can get them all in right now but I'll at least try to get one or two in as we proceed uh, again the email address Uh and if you have you know thoughts comments if you have your own situation or what have you at work that you would like to uh, address drop an email we can read it and get commentary on the air first one let's see mail is loading slowly okay there it goes uh first one racial categories if folks that were here early uh i did play a segment where mr fuller was talking about racial classifications first one mr gus what's your response to paperwork with these categories this is to register my child for school would love to get some feedback from other parents on how to respond i myself left it blank that is always an option. Now, okay, I'm looking at the phone. Whoa, it got really small. Let's see. Okay, let's let's do it that way. Okay. Uh, United States Department of Education requires all state and local education institutions to collect data on ethnicity, and race for students and staff. The information is used for state and federal accountability reporting as well as for reporting to the Office of Civil Rights and Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC. School district and parents or guardians of students enrolling in school are requested to provide this information. If you decline to provide this information, please be aware that the U.S. United States Department of Education requires school districts to use observer identification as a last resort for collecting the data for federal reporting. Now, that's interesting. Is there a code? Is that standardized? Uh, So when people look, if we have a racially ambiguous individual and everybody looks, Do they have a code? Do they have a notebook to help them, uh, you know, pick out? This is saying, who has that job uh, of, anyway, continuing with the the form. Uh, Please answer both parts of the following questions on the student's ethnicity and race. Part one, ethnicity. Is the person Hispanic, Latino? Choose only one. Hispanic, Latino. A person of Cuban, Mexican, Puerto Rican, South or Central American or other Spanish culture or origin, regardless of race. Now, that's the most important part right there of why I've said this is totally nonsense. I'm talking about racism, white supremacy. This says this category has nothing to do with, quote unquote, race. As such, it should never come up in a conversation on racism. White supremacy, because as I said for years, my understanding, you could be white and say, I am quote unquote Latino, Hispanic, and they say that all the time. That's on the census, many of them. You could be non white. You could be Lapita Nyongo. It could be a whole spectrum uh, of things. Total confusion. We toss that one out. Next, part two race. What is the person's race? Choose one or more. Now, that right there, because uh, the first one, you can only choose one. This one, you can choose as many as you want. So it says, Number one, American Indian or Alaska native, a person having origins in the original peoples of North and South America, both, (laughs) including Central America, and who maintains a tribal affiliation or community attachment. Number two, Asian, a person having origins in any of the original people. What do you mean? Never mind. Uh, A person having origins in any of the original peoples of the Far East, Southeast, or the Indian subcontinent, including, for example, Cambodia, China, India, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Pakistan, the Philippine Islands, Thailand, and Vietnam. Next, dun-dun-dun, Negra, I mean, Black or African American, a person having origins in any of the black racial groups of Africa, one sense that's all the negros get. Next, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander, a person having origins a person having origins in any of the original peoples of Hawaii, Guam, Samoa, or other Pacific islands. Last but not least, white. A person having origins in any of the original peoples of Europe, the Middle East, or North Africa. Those are the categories. Uh, I for one would not pick any of them because it's confusing. I don't understand what it means uh many aspects of it. I do not understand what it means, so I would not pick any of them. Mr. Fuller has advised for forms like these uh that you can fill in your own blank uh and mark non race. I am not a member of a race, never have been. When did I join? I've heard him give that out before and I've heard him say that he's actually done that himself, not just, you know, running his mouth on the radio that he's actually done this on jobs and i've never heard him say that it caused him a problem i think he did say that you know one time somebody did you know ask him what nr meant and he explained and that was the end of it uh but i think not filling it out that's also an option uh you could ask questions it's a lot i think the persons did say that they already uh chose to not answer these questions which is you know i think is totally logical they were requesting input especially from parents so if we have uh, black parents, non-white parents with us, if you have these sort of forms, uh, either your school or your job, do you fill them out? Do you have any suggestions for parents who have these sort of forms, uh, whether they should mark them or not? Is it even you know worth the time and energy to even question uh, before I decide to check any of these boxes? I have a few questions about what you mean when you say origins, how much of a quote unquote origins, uh, having a person, a person having origins in any. What if you have, you know, multiple quote unquote origins uh, in different, I mean, lots of questions. It might not even be worth the time and energy to go through all of that. You know, leaving it blank might be the most efficient option. But if we have parents uh, who have thoughts on that, that would be grand. Uh, With that, I will pause here. Uh, We do have other people who uh, wrote in with Questions, observations from the workplace. So we will uh, add those in as we proceed. Uh, the number again six four one seven one five three six four zero. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. I will say briefly, the report about the black journalist Miss Benson uh, and her situation uh reported in the Kansas City Star. We have talked about social media on the program before. Uh and if you are going to have it, I've recommended repeatedly you should not be friends with any of the folks, certainly none of the whites. On your job, if you're cool, if they're non-whites on the job, you have a rapport and all that, that's fine. But even with that, I would be very cautious because some of your non-white co-workers, they might not be codified. They might be friends with some whites on their social media page. Uh, so they might be able to, you know, share information or their white chip might be activated at some point. If they see something that you posted, you decide to share a post about white supremacy, racism on your feed. And they see it and, oh, my gosh, I got to show this to Ted. Can you see what? Oh, my goodness. That sort of just be really, really mindful. I discourage, you know, having a social media account where you're chums and pals with uh, all of the folks that you work with. Uh, I think if you're going to have it, it should be completely separate Uh, or you should have a sanitized account that you do not post. Uh, Anything about racism, white supremacy, anything that might be deemed uh, incendiary, Uh, if you have it for business reasons, you have that. And then you have a totally separate account that is not attached to your legal name that you're known by on your job to avoid these types of problems. Uh, We've seen a lot of incidents like or at least I have seen a number of incidents like this over the years. uh, People having problems, even sometimes it doesn't even have to be that you posted something about racism. We've had, you know, cows listeners call in where they just posted uh, about their vacation and snooping tacky race soldiers went to town just off of social media posts about, oh, we're trying to, you know, how dare these niggers go take a vacation? Who told them they could go get in the pool? That sort of thing. Be mindful about that. It's the same sort of logic about It's no need to have a whole lot of pictures and memorabilia uh, on your desk or at your workstation uh we race soldiers we're not working with friends we'll end there folks who dialed in with a hand up especially if we have uh parents please honor the spirit of pam we do not need spectators if we have uh parents If you have a suggestion about filling out that there uh, form, that would be grand. Uh, If we have other folks who have comments, uh, suggestions with regards to workplace racism, line should be open, proceed.
8: Hey, may I be heard? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? This is a victim from out of uh, New Jersey. Uh, Real quick, then I'll um, mute my line. Um, I don't have any children. So I really can't uh, comment on that. But however, there's an interesting discussion going on on uh, on on social media platforms about uh, Black people, specifically in the United States, descendants of um, of, of terrorism, uh, better known as slavery, um, that you know that 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 we need uh, a separate classification for other quote-unquote non-white uh, uh, people from Africa that migrate to the United I wanna, States. So that would be an interesting. Just,
7: I just want to make sure we don't get far afield. This is not about uh, racial classifications or preferred racial classification. Okay. It's really just about filling out the form really in the context of workplace or school, not about which classification do we think is most accurate or should there be another one added because that be a, that's a whole different discussion.
8: Right, maybe I could say that for uh, Saturday
7: show. Sure. Um,
8: however, um, I just okay as far as um I don't I don't uh, social media. Um, I don't accept any coworkers on my social media platform. Um, when I when I first started to um post about uh, racial discrimination, I noticed that uh I wasn't as codified. I noticed that uh white coworkers and other uh non non white coworkers unfriended me and, um, that, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that basically gave me a lesson that I'm like, okay, well, these people aren't, um, agreeing or, or maybe displeased with, um, my, uh, my, my post about, uh, racial, racial issues, racial discrimination and also racism, white like supremacy. So after I noticed that trend, I went out my way to, uh, not friend, um, different uh any co-workers whether it's black or white i don't i don't friend anybody on my social media network um i just i just joined the group uh now she has a separate group the 300 so when i was accepted to the group i asked i said if i'm if i'm posting in this platform will my regular friends and family be able to see this the answer was no so, when I discuss racial issues, I go on that, that, that particular group um, to save myself from any um, outside terrorism for people who are disagreeable with my post. I mute my life.
7: Much obliged. Thank you kindly. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, if you have tips, always appreciate tips from folks. If you have figured out things that work well uh, or if you're having problems and would like counter-racist suggestions or thoughts, uh, feel free. Lines should be open. Proceed. May I be heard? I'll be may- uh greetings much obliged greetings red in nevada
9: hello thank you for um taking my call hello everyone and um my only question i guess maybe for the the parent because i don't have any children about the racial racial classifications is it seemed like and i could be wrong but it sounded like um middle eastern it could either be uh, asian they can either classify themselves as Asian or white, so definitely um you know kind of get more clarification on that I made understanding that you know i don't I'm assuming this uh, is a black person quote unquote black person, but I thought that that was interesting and then also, like you said, you know getting more of um, the actual definitions of what does origin mean and what does original peoples mean because there are so many different things about you know technically the original peoples were all supposed to be from Africa, so Everybody's supposed to be from Africa and just spread out, but I know that I had um, encountered that on um, on the application when I was applying for different uh, positions when I came out to Las Vegas, and, like, one of them was for, uh, I think it was for some civil, like, you know, like some type of governmental job, but nothing like high up or you know, anything, race soldier, nothing ridiculous like that, but it also had, you know, well... Basically, just like what Gus said, very short sentence about, you know, if you're supposed to be a Nigra and then everybody else, you know, this is what this is and what have you. Uh, it, but I do definitely appreciate uh, Mr. Fuller's um, suggestion. And I think that going forward, I'll probably use that. Um, I've noticed that, though, um, it seems like with the people who may not be classified as white, even though their skin is really could could resemble white people um, at 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 the plantation that I'm currently at. It seems like they are still expected to um, work just as hard um, as if they were classified as not white. Now I'm still not changing my position. I still see them as white if they can still be classified as white and I don't technically know what their quote-unquote origin is. Um, So I just thought that that was interesting. I know I've spoken um, before about Uh, my supervisor, a white person, you know, constantly being off work. And so this other person, this other supervisor has to then uh, take on a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of extra work, especially when it comes to uh, the people who are in my work group. Um, Another thing, I don't know if anyone's keeping count, I'm being moved again. So uh, I definitely appreciate, you know, that's a suggestion about really only basically having the Bare minimum. Even though I see people around me, some people they have ten pictures at their at their work area, and you know just other little different knickknacks. Sometimes I see people they only have just one picture. I don't have any pictures at all. I only have what is required to work um, for, for the you know for whatever you know the 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 job that I do, and that's it. I take everything home. I don't care if it's a snack that I brought to the job just for that, just for that particular day, because I don't know if they're, you know, they decide tomorrow that they no longer want me to work there. So I don't want to have to try to, um, you know, beg and plead them to let me get my snack or whatever little knickknack that I should have never had um, at the work area. I also see people leaving like jackets and blankets and stuff. I don't do that because you never know what other people have. I worked at other plantations where they had an outbreak of bugs and, um, it was kind of somewhat common when I worked um, in a nursing home, but outside of that, you know, there shouldn't be too many outbreaks like that, especially, you know, just really taking the bare minimum. Uh, the other thing was, um, I actually, oh, uh, noticing just making sure that uh, I, i I'm kind of noticing how um, suspected races how they really try to get additional information, like personal information, from uh, non-white people, in the guise of being for work purposes, and um, just really, you know, just just for everyone to maybe think about how to deflect from that. I feel like I could definitely work on, you know, just kind of saying, you know, just kind of understanding that, you know, they'll say, you know, what I have this really good information. It might help you in the future, you know, with different plantations or whatever. And if you give them their information and then they never provide the information, you know, the the, the tip or whatever, then it kind of makes you feel like, okay, well, you just wanted my information in the first place. And, that, and I feel like not only does that kind of apply to the um, social media um, situation, maybe having more than one social media account. But also having several emails to where, you know, you'll have one email for work and business and another email for personal and what have you. And uh, that's all I have to share at this time. Thank you for allowing me to share. I'll meet my line.
7: Great suggestions. Red uh, that about the not having all of the knickknacks, uh, and just unnecessary. It's in the same vein. Re- I mean, it really it really is the same strategy. They really use a lot of the same strategies on the micro level and the macro level. Keep the squatters moving. It's the same logic. Uh, it's just you move from cubicle A to cubicle Q to cubicle G. We just slide you around, you know, all around the building. Uh, so it's same, same process. You never get your bearings. You never get to be around. Uh, The same people have the same, what is it, desk mates or or whatever, where you can have some camaraderie, especially because I think you said you were sitting around uh, some black females at one point where you actually got along and you know we are not going to keep the negros together in that sort of environment. But the same logic, you don't want to have, you know, hordes and boxes of things, because I think frequently whites do that sort of thing just to upset us, just so that we can't get a state of equilibrium and just be balanced. This is where I'm going to sit at. I know this is where I'm going to be sitting at for, you know, the next Year at least, you know, I can be comfortable in this little spot, and my little office folks that I'm working with. Uh, I think a lot of people would be disrupted by being moved constantly, like three, four times in a year. Uh, outside of just not uh, not accumulating unnecessary items at your desk, what do you do? I guess to say discipline, because that would really, really bother me. Like, I think I would have a lot of stress uh, about being moved like that on a regular basis? Like, what do you do to, to be disciplined so that that doesn't bother you too much?
9: Um, I guess the main thing, because this is actually the first plantation where I have moved so much. And I remember other people saying when I first got there, oh, yeah, don't get too, you know, don't, don't get too used to where you are because you're going to get moved again. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure maybe a couple of times a year, which that has happened to me in the past. But the main thing, just, you know, just taking the suggestion, not having anything that's not work-related, and even if I have something um, that is work-related, try to condense it down as much as possible, and just really think about, you know, just what I've learned from the cows. This is not my desk. This is not even technically my job. This is something that they allow me to do. So um, that that's the main thing. Uh, I, and I just, you know, don't try to, you know, get get stressed out about it, because I know, they're going to move me. Like when I was around the, the black females that, you know, I was having, you know, it was not, the plantation was not as bad. And when, you know, that, when they got moved, it's like, okay, well, I understand that this is, you know, this is how they keep us moving. So just really staying in the mindset of just being there to do my work. That's all. And I'll meet my line. Thank you.
7: Logical perspective to take. That's what we should be striving for. Uh, the, Male caller who spoke up simultaneously and yielded to red. Thank you calmly. Did you want to proceed, sir? May I be heard? Yes, sir.
4: Uh, Greetings, caller. Greetings, listeners. Greetings, Gus. Um, Just first off, um, talking in regards to the form. Um, With my son, um, I'm in New York City, and we, we have other. And I tend to put that most of the time. I just check that off. I don't, there isn't really anything that comes after it. You can write something in, but I do like what, um, what you mentioned Gus in regards to actually putting non-race. I think that's, that's that that will work out. That's pretty constructive. So for, from here on in, I'll try to do that. Um, another thing in regards to school and my son, I actually got some good news in regards to him finally moving up out of his grade. He's been, doing very well in his class. And I was consistently asking why he wasn't being promoted into another class that's a higher, more challenging class. Um, And it wasn't until I sent an email to the dean um, that's above the dean that my son reports that my son is um, actually supposed to be like under. So I went above the person that was actually supposed to actually um, take care of the issue. also in the same email, my son had been getting harassed while he was in the school while he's in school where a non-white um, girl classified as Asian would come over and rub his head to touch his hair almost every day. Um, he failed to inform me about this but I, I you know I sat down with my son and had him you know had to have a real talk with him in regards to self-respect and people respecting his face and knowing when to speak up and let it be known and to be slightly angry with her doing that unless of course there was some kind of camaraderie there and which there wasn't Um, so within that same email I also mentioned that and that was addressed also and they've been taking measures to actually take care of it so some good news at least where he will be going into a higher class and things will be getting better for him all basically following up on just shooting emails and finally shooting that email out. Um, as far as my my high-tech plantation, I've been, um, my manager is uh, classified as non-white. He would be called Dominican, but um, by first appearance and appearance, I'm not really that great at judging. I was only able to tell after he told us um, he could pass as white and what I see, I mean, and this is something that Reddit and Vada mentioned just, just a few moments ago, what I do see is that he plays both cards. He'll play one side where he'll come into my into our office and talk with us and really kind of so called let his guard down and say a bunch of oh, let's let's go smoke a blunt and all these other weird things, which I don't concur with and don't go along with. But um then on the other end when we're in a massive group having a meeting and the white workers are there. He just is, he's straight white collar. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, no joking around. um, And he plays that card. Um, Last week I mentioned there was theft on my plantation and there were three gentlemen that were non-white fired. They are now interviewing other individuals that are non-white that were in the room that same day. Um, Unfortunately, one of the gentlemen that I'm close with that is somewhat older and has been with the company for 20 years, sort of like a mentor has been accused. Um, I give him so much credit. he, He took everything into his own hands and actually was able to report this to the head of security that he was being harassed in regards to the equipment being missing. And that has kind of silenced this issue. And it's, I, I really respect him. He's an older gentleman, and he he constantly speaks to me and let me lets me know what's going on within the within the within the um, the organization, so that I have an idea of where I stand. Um, one other thing is, and uh, I I need I need I need to just I'm sorting this out myself, but my manager, I I took a, a job yesterday, and my manager and. It was something that I did, and the client stated that it wasn't completed. I know that I completed it, so I took the job again to make sure that they understood that the work was completed, missing files, so to speak. And um, before I even went upstairs, my manager emailed me, the non-white male, Dominican, stating, why are these files missing? How come you didn't do your job properly? Um, at that point, I proceeded to go upstairs and I didn't respond to the email because I was slightly angry and would say the wrong thing. When I went upstairs, the, the client informed me that another one of my coworkers, which is white, called her and she's non-white. She's, she's, uh, what the task, is black and asked her who worked on it. And then he hung up the phone and said, thank you. And didn't fix her issue. And apparently he reported it to my manager. And that's why I received the email. Um, Luckily, the the non-Black female basically sent an email towards me stating how great a job I did, how, how efficient I am, and how I've helped her and her manager and her team. And I was able to forward that to my manager as a retort to his earlier email. But my problem now is that I can see my managers working in tandem with a racist white supremacist on my team. And I'm not sure if I should go above him or if I should go and do a one-on-one with him because I don't think that's logical. It doesn't make sense because he's already made up his mind. Or is it a scenario where I should um, just step back and continue to do what I've been doing, which is looking for work within the company, which has actually been very successful so far. Like I've been finding other groups and I have a lot of, Good non-white people in HR that are have been vying for me and telling me to just continue looking. There'll be things popping up in other departments. Um, so that that's kind of my question. I'm not sure which angle should I should I address it, or should I move on, or should I just ha- should I have a one-on-one with them? I'm not quite sure. Um, with that said, I'll mute my line. Thank you.
7: Much obliged. Good to hear. The feedback we can hear from listeners about what they uh some of their suggestions are, I just uh wanted to add briefly when you were talking about how your supervisor who i think you said was dominican suspected race racially ambiguous uh could be a suspected racist uh where you were saying where he'll come to talk to you or perhaps some other uh unambiguously non white people black people he'll come and he will relax, so to speak, uh, and try to show you that he's cool, uh, quote unquote. And he'll say something like, hey, let's smoke a blunt. To me, the tackiness that that signal, I mean, really, that's like an act of racism. That's what you think of black people. That's how you're going to come and relate like, oh, how do I come and talk to the negros? Yes. Let's let's get high. Let's, let's talk about some trash. Let's talk about pimping and Hoenn, that's what you all are about, right? Crack. Yeah. I mean, come, that's what you think of the Negras? That's not the way that you behave when you're around other white. And that's what I've said before about all of the reputation for being quiet and you're so serious. I would much rather do that and just function and trying to make sure that you're not. Uh, Being penalized for that behavior as opposed to engaging in any sort of I'm here for entertainment purposes or amusement purposes or in any way engaging anything like that uh, for them. I mean, it would be like a a thing where one time to come and even say something. I don't know how you responded, but uh, for a white person in a workplace setting to come and make a comment like that, like, oh, let's smoke a blunt in a state where it's probably not even legal to do such a thing, (laughs) like, uh, hmm that might be about all i I,
4: um sorry finish please
7: in the word guide Hmm. and or writing that down because i mean i mean unless you're in washington state california few locales washington dc i guess a few locales here and there uh that sort of thing is not you know legal and even still you know not to be casually talked about in a work environment i don't think uh were you gonna add?
4: Well, I, I at that at that point in junction, there's a there's another non-white male in my office. We both seem to share the same space. He's also Dominican, but he's less ambiguous. He's, he has a darker skin tone, more melanin, and with him, I noticed they started going back and forth in tandem because I, the only thing I have in my office, I, and this is where I, you know I I did. A week prior, you mentioned this because I did have um, stuff in the, the front of my um, of my table where people, if they want to grab something, they can, but it's only if you come inside my office. You're not gonna, I'm not outside in the wide open, but I, the only thing I really have now, I remove those things based on suggestions from other callers, but the only thing I have now is a pair of shoes and plants in the back. So the, the remark came because I water my plants every day, and these guys made a comment saying, well, these plants are dried up. Why don't we just roll them up and smoke them? And my my response was just, whoa, 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 whoa. God, we, we're not going in that direction. Um, they were still going back and forth in tandem, making jokes. And I noticed that the non-white male that sits near me in the office was siding with the manager more, which drew it was the first time I've ever seen him do it because this manager is new and it drew my attention to to, to a high level where now I don't – he would want to go to lunch, he would want to hang out. I don't want anything to do with him at this point in junction because I know now that if push comes to shove, he'll – I only want to use an analogy, but he would cut me off in the means to make himself better. That's what I could see from what he, the actions he displayed that day.
7: Hmm. How interesting. Well, uh, I can only say I would make sure as a black person, victim of white supremacy in a workplace setting uh, that you, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying like as a general code for all of us that to make sure that uh, you are not uh, making any sort of uh, references to drug or alcohol. And if whites are doing that as though it, as though it's assumed that you partake in these activities I would reject that strong. And I mean, you can do that. You don't have to say a word. Your silence should be enough. Hmm. As I said before, it would be my response. Or you can always pull out the pad and take note. August 3rd, Roger Smoking Blunt. Five 45 p.m. Pacific daylight saving time you know just making i mean just making it very clear like wow this is you know not what i'm engaged in at all uh, and then not being surprised uh if there's any sort of anti-black collusion uh in the workplace where they are taking sides and it is not your side and not in your interest we should never be uh, stunned about that in the work context um also thought it was important what you were saying about the older black male cultivate a source if you can someone who has information about things that are happening in the workplace that can be very very valuable Uh, if it's even if it is a suspected racist if they know information if they've worked there 15 20 30 years uh, if you can you know ask questions and get information from that person without being harmed that can be grand, because that can be such a resource to just kind of know more. And for the more informed you are, the better the decisions that you can make. That's the premise. uh the the last thing, uh, I thought it was important your request to take time. With regards to making a decision, I've said that before. I've utilized that before myself. Uh, Take time. uh, Any sort of situation, even if it's not pressured, but if it's, you know, sign this or are you going to do, you know, take this position or whatever it is. If you need a moment to think about it, request time uh, to think That is always great where you can consider the options, get more information. You might even have enough time where you can, you know, talk to another person uh, that you trust uh, to provide a a different perspective. But I always think that that is uh, phenomenal. Uh, Request the opportunity to take time. Uh, Did folks have suggestions about uh, you were indecisive about whether or not uh, you should wait? Should you address your racially ambiguous supervisor directly? Uh, about some of these issues, should you do as was advised by the non white people in h r uh and just wait and see if other opportunities will open up, up, open up within the company in the building where you won't have to be dealing with them directly uh did folks have uh suggestions on and I'll be heard Thomas in New York sorry, I uh missed you yesterday to share your additional thoughts it's okay. On the
1: It it, will be more in
2: the context of Saturday, so what I was going to say, Gus, don't worry about it. It's going to come out. (laughs) But um, listen, Dominicans know they black. Trust me. Yeah, they might try You know, some of them a little better than the others. But ain't no way in the world you go to their house, you're going to see some black people up in there. I mean, for sure. Um, But I would try to deal with him directly. That's my advice, and I have my own workplace. I wait for other people to get their advice.
7: One for direct. Thomas in New York, much obliged. Any other uh, suggestions uh, in dealing with this person directly or say nothing, see if other opportunities uh, become available? Or it was uh, going going above him uh, to getting other more powerful individuals in the company. I think that was also an option as well.
9: May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Um, I do uh I, I think um I mean the risk is not bad and just, just thinking about uh a recent thing that I went through um with dealing with someone who um, may have been white and thinking and I didn't give specific information about um I went to a higher up, a white person and not giving specific information about the situation. And it almost made it seem as if I wished as if I didn't do it. So, um, and it almost, and I feel like if you had the opportunity, if this is something where it's not um, too too um, uh, stressful f- for you, maybe to collect more, um, more instances of it. I feel like there was an audio clip that maybe we listened to, either in Workplace Racism or maybe the Saturday clip where um, something was said about, you know, maybe not bring it up the first time. Something about, I think about it might be even about maybe Amarosa, where you can just have more recordings and just not, um, you know, cause they might, the person might end up keep doing this. And so you'll have more than one instance where you, um, you catch this person saying anti-black or, or racist things. So um, it, I feel like, you know, there's definitely the direct option, but then also maybe even collecting more evidence to uh, quote unquote, maybe build your case. And I'll meet my line, thank you.
7: interesting strategy there as well uh can, can i respond yes sir
4: um, I, I think I'm, I'm more leaning to what she what the caller just stated because i i have some patterns and it, it is indicative of him i think he will continue to do this behavior i think addressing him directly like like thomas in new york i'm, I'm in new york as well and yes He's Dominican, so I know he has a lot of black people in his household, but the way he functions, he functions like a white man because he knows the white people in the office have the power. And that's why I'm leery about dealing with him directly, because I know that he's just going to try to deceive me into thinking that he understands where I'm coming from and what I'm saying. So I'm not sure if that's a great avenue for me to go because he's already been pointed out as a deceiver. So... I think I may hold on and, and keep getting more information on him and at the same time looking into other opportunities. Um I think that yeah, that's another one I didn't think about. Thank you. I'll leave my line. Mm-hmm.
7: Context of white supremacy. Number again, six four one seven one five three six four zero. The code 564943 pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, uh, commentary you would like to share, line should be open. Proceed. I've heard? Codified software developer in Wisconsin.
10: Yes, sir. Um, good evening, Gus. Good evening to all the callers and listeners. Um, so, about the form with the, uh, the school form with um, the specification of racial classification, um, in my experience, there is usually A uh, for those governmental forms, there is usually a I prefer not to answer uh, checkbox. I don't know if they have that, but that would be my first option. And the second option would be to leave it blank uh, if I didn't want to answer that question, because generally they do have that there if they're gathering information for some sort of uh, I guess some sort of um, I guess for counting purposes, right? Then typically they have some sort of checkbox that says, I prefer not to answer. So that would be my first option. Second option is just to leave it blank. It doesn't seem, based on the the commentary, it does not seem like it's something that is specifically necessary um, to get any sort of um, educational assistance or things of that nature. So I would just definitely... Either leave it blank or mark that box. Prefer not to answer. I could be incorrect, though. I, I missed some of that commentary. Um, as far as J and NYC, I guess uh, it depends on, on how much the situation is bothering you. Um, I, I would definitely not engage with the, uh, non-white, uh, in, the non-white boss. I, I wouldn't engage with him at all. Um, I'd probably just pretty much stay on code, only speak about work, not even smile when he makes jokes. Um, I do that very effectively at my job. My boss will make a joke and I'll just look at it with no emotion. That's something I think Emmy's spoken about that as well. It's, it's something that you, you can work on and definitely get better at, you know, practicing not having any emotion in your face. Um. That's always been very helpful, um, but it's up to you. If you think that this situation is going to last for a long time and you're not going to be able to deal with it, you may have to address it, but then you should figure out a way to address it without causing more issues. I, I always prefer to go to the question-asking route um, as opposed to straight accusation. Um, so figuring out the best questions that will help you solve the problem um, that may be worthwhile. Otherwise, if you think that you'll get another opportunity in the company that you work for, then and you'll get it pretty soon. It may not be worth addressing uh, because that could cause problems for you in that regard as well. Um, As far as my own plantation, I'm having some issues with my boss now where he's not – Uh, He, I guess for lack of a better term, he's not treating me as though I'm a part of the team. So I think I've spoken about this before. The lead architect routinely calls me for uh, projects, um, and these projects are just me working. I'm sorry. Did, Did I get cut off?
7: For a few seconds, but we can hear you now.
10: Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so, um, I get, I get, uh, get these projects and nobody else on my team gets these projects. And so I was have I have a one-on-one conversation with him every two weeks, my boss. And I, I usually ask questions and I was really curious. I asked him a question. I said, well, how many people are managers now that you have managed? Because for some reason, quite a few of the managers, that um, are at my job, we have have all been managed by this person, by my manager now, uh, including his boss, who is the lead architect. Uh, so now he's being managed by someone he was formerly managing. Um, and so I asked him this question. He gave me the information. It was at least 10 people. Um, and then he said something about the lead architect. You know, what what happened was um, I guess the lead architect was being managed by him and then he started for some reason reporting to his boss and then next thing you know he was working for his boss and uh, then um, after that he started treating me as if I wasn't on the team There was there's a meeting that we have every day um, and usually has a conference line open for people who are working from home I was working from home today he did not open the conference line uh, I called the room that they were having the meeting in, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I said, uh, well, was it necessary for me to be at this meeting? He said, well, I don't know. Maybe you can just, you know, stay on and just listen. I said, can I get that in writing? He said, do you need that in writing? And I said, yes. And uh, that was the end of that. Um, and I still didn't get it in writing, but I stayed on the line. But, yeah, that, that's the new thing where now he seems to be, for distancing me from a team, he's also mentioned that I may not be on his team next year. But to which I said, "Oh, am I getting fired?" You know, that would be the natural response. Uh, just a direct question. He said, "Well, you know, there's there's needs on other teams." I said, "It's illogical for me to go to another team." Then I listed the other teams, and I said, "There's really no other team that I would fit on." He said, oh, well, there's architecture. And I said, oh, okay. There are no non-white people in architecture. So I don't I don't really know what's going on. I don't know if I want to spend the time trying to figure it out. But it is uh, a little odd. But I've been talking a lot, so I'll meet my mind. Thanks so much for letting me share.
7: That's exactly the way that they like it, uh, where the Negras don't know what's going on. Marvin Gaye, that is exactly... The whole point uh, of everything to have us confused, I think it does sound at least like the codification is working because if you are noting understanding and being truthful, things have changed. It seems like I'm being isolated. However, I'm not going to go crazy trying to figure this out. You've already talked about having your own plan, having your resume updated and looking for other opportunities and just being, you know, truthful about the fact, Hey, they could fire me tomorrow. It doesn't have to be next year. They could take this job back, you know, right now uh, if they want to, and just being truthful about that as well. But that is exactly the way that whites love to have their victims uh, where we just cannot grasp what's going on. Don't know what time it is, what day it is super confused, but they especially rather they prefer it, have us confused And then panicking and terrified and, and, you know, really losing our wits as a result of not being able to figure out exactly what they're up to, as opposed to, I don't know what you're up to, but I know you're practicing racism. And I'm going to continue with my counter-racist code with that thought in mind that you're up to something no good. I'll figure out more details as I keep a close eye on you. Other folks who dialed in, if you have suggestions on what's been shared or your own commentary, feel free. Can I be heard? Greetings, retired firefighter. Greetings, Gus, and
1: greetings, everyone. Uh, what I what uh, I have uh, put on uh applications of that sort is uh under the column other n-w-v-o-r uh because you can't possibly uh put all of that down as far as what those what the meaning of that acronym is it's non-white victim of racism uh not surprisingly no one asked me what that what does that mean uh, but uh, I was prepared to uh, answer the question if it came up. Uh, I uh, like what the last caller did. Uh, She directly asked her employer on uh, what her status was. I think that's uh, important to do. Uh, They have the power to Retain you or get rid of you anytime they want. So you might as well, you know, kind of like clear your mind uh, by asking the question. You know, uh, I would say I would feel better if I knew knew what the status was. Now they could could they lie? Yes, they could lie. But uh, you know, just you know, to ask the question, I don't see anything. Uh, I see. That would be a correct thing to do as opposed to also there's nothing wrong with it at all. It, it is uh, common uh, that uh, the white supremacists on jobs uh, keep the status of their non-white victims. Uh, they want to keep it to where you don't know for sure on what your status actually is uh uh just to give a historical context to it, uh being that I am also a football coach in in NFL history, uh there was this uh, non-white black male by the name of Marlon Briscoe. Uh when he came out of uh I believe the University of Omaha was the uh, name of the college uh to go into the NFL. Uh as a quarterback, and we're talking about the late 1960s where that was not popular, Uh, he put a clause, he uh, requested a clause that he would get a tryout as a quarterback because he was a quarterback. Uh, Mind you, he uh, went through that process and uh, made the team, made the team, ended up, not only playing, but starting because the team needed him, the Denver Broncos to be exact. And in turn, uh, set an NFL uh, team record. That's probably still stands for the Denver Broncos. But the very next year, as soon as the season was over with, they were having meetings, quarterback meetings, and he didn't even know anything about it, that they were having the meetings at all. Uh, then when he inquired about it, they traded him, got rid of him. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, a common practice that, uh, white people do with, uh, with white people on, on all sorts of jobs. I just mentioned one because I'm, I'm familiar with the sport of football and how that works in a lot of cases. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. And, uh, I'll be listening, uh, to, uh, if it's something that I'm familiar with, I would give some advice on. So, thank you.
7: <clears throat> Much obliged, retired firefighter. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, if you have commentary, mine should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am.
0: Hi, thank you. Um, first I want to comment on the um the different um racial categories. I usually just pick the most familiar, so when it says black, African American is usually crammed together. So I'll just I can select that. But when it goes into origin and all that, I select the Unknown. And I just did that recently on something I can't recall, but they will give you a review of what you did before it's submitted. And it just said unknown for it said black. But then all the other extra information, I just leave it unknown because I don't know. And even if I told you, what are you going to do with the information? So that's kind of my attitude when it comes to those. Those those are great because that's what I do with it. And um, workplace racism. I got a call from. yesterday from a, co- um, a former co-worker from the hotel so we were just talking and she was um she was telling me because the gentleman that um or the gentleman the Caucasian male that attacked the lady at the bar in Oakland she was from Pleasant Hill California so when they were talking they were just talking about it and um prior to him getting caught because, you know, he had that extra day to do only who knows what before they apprehended him. So they were stating, um, she was talking to a um, Caucasian female that was a guest at the hotel. She, um, she's, I work there also, and she's the guys that she dates are black. She has children with a white person, but all her, the guys that frequent the hotel, they're black. So. And she tells those horror stories if you'll listen. So she's they're going back and forth, and she stated that I bet that they're going to say that he was mentally insane. So, um, of course, she came back, and um, somebody was uh, – another Caucasian employee walked by, and they were still talking about the subject. So she said, oh, yeah, I know him, and he's schizophrenic. <laughs> so they already had a – uh, a defense set up for him before he was even apprehended. So it's like, oh well, he's from Pleasant Hill, but he's everybody, we all know him and he's just, he's schizophrenic. So that's always their, their, um, what they, um, latch onto when they terrorize others. They were out of their mind. So of course, when they apprehended him, it was in Pleasant Hill where he's from. And, um, that was the end of it. He's, he's, he's crazy. So I asked the lady, um, I said, um, have you heard anything about this other gentleman? He was a chief, um, the uh, the senior vice president of operations of the hotel, and he's a black man. Looks like he would be, a uh, have some kind of um, African, um, he originated somewhere like that, Nigeria, something nice like that. And um, he was always friendly and nice. He would come visit. So there was a white woman underneath him. Um, he had employees underneath him, and the main one that would come with him was Caucasian. So they sent out a letter saying something about sexual harassment is not okay, and you can't do this, that, and the other with sexual harassment. And they fired this gentleman that was a um, chief operating, you no, know, the senior senior pres the. The president of um, operations, they got rid of him, and the Caucasian lady took his place. And I'm sure that's not what happened, but since they had this Me Too stuff going on, he was a victim. He made a great deal of money. And sometimes when we would have the little meetings, a lot of the non-black people would tell, he doesn't have a ring on his finger, oh, he's this. And, he, you know, they were already eyeballing him. So I can see if he were to say no or something, Um, against what they were trying to do, them pulling that Me Too thing. And I just thought that was strange because he was a good person, but he was very, very, very melanated and stern. I'll mute my line, and thank you for taking my call.
7: Much obliged for dialing in. uh, Nia Wilson, that was the victim, the... Uh, Bart stabbing black female who was killed a few weeks back this summer 2018. Um, Not surprised at all. You can hear I think many of us have talked about hearing uh, whites talk about all kinds of cases that garnered uh, attention, that case got national attention, that was way, you know people were talking about that way beyond California uh, but you'll hear them making those sorts uh, of comments, most of the time it'll be the reverse, uh, where they are not saying that the black person regardless of what they did uh, was suffering, Omar Thornton, no was not suffering from mental illness, oh my it wasn't a problem and we hope he doesn't go to jail and gets the hell, it was you know, that no good nigra and glad he's dead and that sort of thing Total opposite when you have a white terrorist, but you'll hear these sort of comments uh, from white coworkers uh, or what have you on the job. You can just be mindful, learning, be, ob- uh, be observant uh, with the black male uh, that you were talking about where they might have used the Me Too to make some sort of allegations or what have you uh, against him. I am not surprised. I was mentioning that within the context of, you know, my, my yoga teacher uh, training, but it is definitely something that I would be mindful of as a black male, just in how I conduct myself, especially if you have uh, white women, really any whites, period, but especially if you are working directly with white women, if you're in a so-called manager or supervisory position and you have uh, white uh female employees that are reporting to you to be very mindful uh of that and to try to have a code in place already, not being alone with them, the way that you talk to them remarks all of that uh to try to neutralize that as best you can uh because- i mean it does not take a lot at all uh for those sort of allegations, especially in this environment. It does not take much at all never has. Uh, other folks uh, who dialed in, much obliged our mom in the Bay Area. Other folks who dialed in, if you have uh, commentary or suggestions on anything that has been shared thus far, number again, 641-715-3640, the code five six four pounds press star 61 if you would like to participate. Other folks, if you have commentary, proceed.
2: Can I be heard?
7: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. uh... Oh, no, I'll go ahead. Uh, Let's see. Uh... Uh, Is it me? Hang on, Mr. Steele. I think we had a caller before you. Uh, let's see, was that our caller in Florida? I think he was the caller that spoke up first.
2: Oh, yes, sir. Can, can you hear me, Gus? Crystal clear. All right. Uh, thanks very much, sir. Uh, I wanted to also just quickly send uh, my condolences for Ms. Uh Pam. I've never really gotten to speak to her, but I enjoyed a lot of the uh, archives and the constructive information she contributed. Uh, but reading to that's the host, the listeners and callers. I wanted to start out with, um, I had remembered another old situation with the uh, warden number one and warden number two. The the second warden was the blonde-haired lady who was doing the experimentation. Um, and she, like, it was one time they were standing side by side before they got into a feud. And it looks like the, the second warden was um, she looked me up and down and made a comment about my outfit uh, said that I looked nice or something and the other warden it was smiling as well you know and it was a very it was a very, <laughs> was a very uh, uncomfortable feeling so after they said that I just kind of just kept walking or whatever. And uh, another experiment I've been doing was I had like a tally sticky note, and I just wanted to see if uh, I could mark down uh, how many times uh, the the warden or the other two white men walked through uh, the particular department that I work at. And four days in a row, she hasn't walked through any times, and. The other two white men have walked through there four times a piece, one time per day, uh, and I, I just really wanted to just kind of record that down. I don't know if anybody else has ever done something like this, marked down on a sheet how many, however many times they walked through the door, and I've only seen her only walk through the hallway, but never through the door. Like I can see through the window that she walked by down the hallway but the other two white men they just walk in for whatever reason they needed to walk in for so I think that's significant in my opinion because it's still showing that it's some kind of avoidance she's trying to engage in unless she really needs to walk through there I guess Um, number three is I had a conversation with a uh, non-white, non-black co-worker of mine. And, you know, I I know that discussing racism can definitely be very risky, but uh, we've talked about it a few times um, uh, upstairs a couple of times and she informed me that uh, this white supervisor who they failed to get rid of is still there, still becoming more increasingly arrogant uh, in the child support department. Uh, she said the the black male, if I, if any of you remember, got appointed to this, uh, civil position, the highest position over in uh, my, my building before you get to the white people, he, I guess, has been discussing to her that they've been, uh, he's been, I guess talking about the underperformance of black people that are in the civil area. And she said, um, she said, she told him that if you're considering that, you better not get rid of any black people (laughs) before you get rid of blank. And she named the the, the white lady's name because she's gotten away with so much terrorism and received numerous detail explicit reports on the uh, misconduct. And he's talking about, I guess, one, the fire, potentially, some some black people, more than one, plural, uh, but of course, she couldn't tell me who they were, so I'm seeing these people every day. Um, but, yeah, she just said, you know, you, you, you're supposed to fire the white person. You can't do that. That's what she was telling me. And I guess they probably talked to each other. So um, I found that very interesting. But she was denied firing them. That's what she also told me. said, no, you can't fire them. So I don't know if he's making these observations or not. Could be white supremacist influence. Um, and, then, and another one I wanted to point out is when I use the word appointed, the black female, I... Uh, discuss workplace racism with. She said that it, it was it's a pattern that they will uh, the, the top white people when when there's a the vacancy of a supervisor either they retire or they quit. They will assign or appoint whomever they please. I guess it, you know it may be justified. Maybe the uh, lead worker in that department pretty much gets that slot but if it's a black person like for her in her department they are keeping the white woman there in the child support department possibly because they don't want to appoint her but they've appointed other people mainly that's uh in conjunction with a white person but when it's a black person it's open for application you have to apply for it and she had pointed that out to me. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, and one last thing I wanted to, I wanted to read this, uh, this EEOP from the county. And uh, it's, it's very interesting. And it sounds like something that we discussed on the program. And it's talking about the underrepresented groups. And there's two quick passages I wanted to read, just a couple of sentences. The first is the objective is to encourage females and minorities, and in the parentheses, and it says, and especially white females, black slash African Americans, Hispanics, and Asians, based on their representation in the relevant labor market, to apply for job opportunities with the county, and to ensure equal opportunity in the hiring process. The goal is to increase the diversity of the county's workforce and and reduce the underrepresentation of females and minorities in specific job categories and it's another part where it says to that end the county has significantly increased funding allocated to diversity recruitment efforts and created a new diversity coordinator position in the fire department all managers supervisors and employees are required to attend training on the diversity and inclusion plan. So um, I think it might be a couple of things that they're going to reveal to us. And I look forward to uh, seeing what the information is. And that's all I have right now. And thanks for allowing me to share.
7: Diversity and inclusion. Miss Benson, the black journalist I was talking about at the beginning of the program, KSBH, I think her network that terminated her, they said they too are all about some diversity and inclusion Hmm. Uh, the observation about the open application process when the lead is black is very important that's the sort of thing that uh, could be a lawsuit now whether or not it's successful and all that's another thing but I mean wow if it's that flagrant where black person is lead open applications anybody please anybody Donut man, McDonald's employee, somebody, please come in and get the job. We cannot let the nigger take this spot. That is flagrant. And I mean, talk about flagrant. When they got on the application, it's supposed to be about quote unquote diversity, inclusion. And we really are about diversity, especially white women. Get on down to the court now. I mean, with this one especially, I have got pictures of some of the folks that work at this here courthouse. There is not a dearth, a lack of females down at the courthouse. That is some nonsense for them to be talking about, oh my gosh, we are suffering. White privilege or male privilege has taken over and please, we got to have, is there an absence, is there a shortage of females down at the courthouse, sir? Absolutely not. Specifically, since they said, especially white women or white females, is there a shortage of white women working at the courthouse?
2: It is the opposite. It's overpopulated. Uh, And I wanted to send you, can I send you that, the the PDF document? Yes, sir. It does say, and it says females and minorities. And then it has, and especially it's uh, specifically white females. And then it never uses females after that. So it's, they trying to say, obviously that when they say
1: females, they're talking about white females.
7: I mean, I normally say that like highlight bold face print like they just made it explicit. Please, white women, please come down to the courthouse. If you need a job, we have got you. Just come on in. You don't need qualifications. We will hook you up. That's what it sounds like to me. I could be wrong. We are trying to get warden number three, four, five, six, seven like. Bang, get in here. We will be running, white women will be running the Florida courthouse in the 21st century. Uh, The portion where they were talking about uh, I guess the black male who is in the highest position that you can get before you get to the exclusively white portion of uh, jobs that they have down at at the courthouse, civil, civil jobs or what have you. Where, if I heard it correctly, he was talking about the poor performance of some of the black employees who might need to get a pink slip, give them the boot. Uh, and it was, well, wait a minute, there's, you know, this white woman, again, this white woman who has been reprimand, like formally reprimanded, written, hey, you did this wrong, you messed up, this is serious if anybody's got to be fired, it should be her. Is that the way the conversation went? He was talking about black people that needed to be fired and it was, wait a minute, we got a white woman who is well-deserving of a pink slip?
2: Yes, sir. That's what the the female told me because she and him, they are very close uh, buddies, I I guess, and you know, she's very well aware of the issue of racism, and she was pointing out that She said, and she was saying, you know what, most of the people, she said most of the people he was talking about were black employees. And it's not, it's only about six of them, only six black females in that area, next to maybe 15, 17 white women, including the one who was infamous for mistreating people, uh, poor, unprofessional conduct. She in that group. But she's telling me that he said that, I guess, they're underperforming. Uh, But, yeah, it's only about five or six black females. And uh, most of them are in that lead worker position, what they call so-called assistant supervisors. So they've been here 10-plus years, uh, a great deal of them. So I'm like, is he incorporating them? because she said most of them are black and then she said she had to get on to him like hey you can't can't focus on them and you know, and you leave uh the the white person out of it you can't you cannot do that and it's going to cause problems for you (laughs) that's what she told me
7: Mm. wow did i did i hear right that also uh he's he is not going to be allowed to terminate white folks in some way, shape, form. Did I hear that correctly?
2: Right. He, he was, he was denied that because a a few months ago this year, he also uh, made a report about that the, the white woman, the supervisor, and they spent $400 to send her to four sessions, supervisor seminars or some kind of, Sessions, and she still failed, and still getting into conflicts with people in the office. So, this is a, this is a, a primary example of white power, basically at work. Um, and she told the black female that I guess she wouldn't get fired, but uh, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure about that.
7: Hmm. Not white privilege, white. Power and incidentally, those uh, trainings at a hundred dollars that's not even expensive. Like, that's I've seen whites waste you know that type of money at Starbucks or you know on pastries, scones, if you will. Uh, I'm sure Thomas spends that much at the fruit basket uh, in the morning fussing with the uh, accountants uh, in New York, anyway. uh, Training where this suspected racist can waste. Uh, this little bit of money on training and she's still not doing her job correctly where black people don't even get adequate training the adequate default training that everybody is supposed to get in that uh, position we don't even get that and then they'll still come around like oh man we gave you a chance we got it we got to fire you you're just not up to par just not getting it right uh that is extremely important especially when we have those conversations what he just talked about in terms of Where the focus was in terminating. When we talk about being frustrated, I'm sure there's some people that you know might hear that and say, "Oh, he's a coon, he's a sellout." You know, we got to get rid of folks like that. I guess you could, you know, take that position. In my view, knowing the logic, now even if they didn't, you know, I didn't hear that part of it that he's not allowed to fire white people. I think it should be understood in terms of the system of white supremacy. If you're a black person in these positions. White, uh, black male, black female, that might be exactly what racists have set you up to do. Uh, You're going to go in there and we're going to have you fire all the black people because I think you said it was the the assistant uh, supervisors, these black females that he was talking about. I think you had already said before, hey, if the supervisor steps down or they get promoted or whatever, generally it's the lead. These are folks who've been there 10 years, they're experienced. These are people who might presumably Be in line for a position, a head spot at some point, not if they get fired, get them out of here and then, hey, getting new spots, probably white women taking over all those positions. They would then be in line to be next in charge, next uh, one leading their little spot of the plantation. That might be, and especially for a company, they're already having uh, diversity issues. If we're gonna let them go, we don't want a white person doing that. Let's have you know a black male doing it. Then we can say, "What do you mean racism? We, it was it was a black. It was his idea. In fact, he was the one that was going around here saying that we need to tighten up performance, and and these are the people that need to let go. They are very very shrewd uh, about how they want to operate uh, the plantation uh very very shrewd even about hey we can have some black people do this they can be the ones that, that are blamed for it racism will never come up and then we can get rid of him too uh when we you know have got everything the way that we wanted on the planet we got enough white women to come in we recruited them to come in and take over and we can you know kick him to the curve too and we got our whole plan together that's how it goes uh, unless I'm mistaken, we can get the update. We can see, you know, what happens uh, with the career, who gets fired, how long he gets to stay in that position and the diversion and inclusion, uh, diversity and inclusion workshop that is coming up mandatory for all employees. What a hoot uh, before. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's get Mr. Steele. Mr. Steele, did you have commentary, sir? Thank you for being patient.
11: Uh, yeah, Um This is Ken Steele, and I'm reporting from Los Angeles. just wanted to say, uh, with respect to the question about uh, racial classification, you know, whenever I had to uh, self-select racial classification on any forms, uh, especially any forms that were um, associated with uh, any sort of uh, government tallies that. Could be construed as uh, as negative for black people. Like for instance, if I'm uh, if I'm uh, uh, at one point in time I, I was uh, receiving government assistance um, or if I'm uh, accepting unemployment, I'll just go ahead and uh, classify myself as white. And uh, I started doing this uh, after my first year in college. I noticed that. I noticed that uh, when I went ahead and classified myself as black, I would get all of the pamphlets and all the paperwork associated with uh, people who classified themselves as black. And then I also noticed that the people who were uh, getting classified as black, they were um, being funneled into certain um, areas, funneled into certain programs, and uh they were also having far lower uh, retention rates. There was just like a significant number of people classified as black that dropped off um, in the year that I was at this university. And uh, when I went to another university, I said, what happens if I check white? So I checked white, and um, uh, I got all of the white uh, paperwork. I was put in the, um, in the white uh, transfer dorm. I was, uh, uh, I, I, was given, you know, on paper, the white treatment. So I don't know. I went ahead and just started classifying as white. There must be something to that. Um, at least on a paper sense. I mean, I still retain, you know, all physical blackness and everything, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm probably getting, uh, exposed to, you know, better pamphlets uh, at the very least, uh, with respect to, um, that situation. And then when it comes to all sorts of tallies and, you know, government markings and everything like that, again, I, I'd just rather, um, you know, put another unemployment on the, on the, on the whiteboard, I guess. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then with respect to, uh, social media presence, um, you know, I, I, I've heard of people saying that, uh, you know, you can go ahead and park um, a social media identity or any sort of, uh, you know, proper names. And, uh, I you know, I've went ahead and done this, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you have to keep, I would recommend keeping those uh, 100% blank or relatively barren. And I wouldn't recommend uploading your picture on there because, they can go ahead and cross reference your photo on any other profiles that you have on the network and everything. So um, eventually you'll be able to, you know, people will be able to find you by face. And in fact, um, sometimes your friends can go ahead and tag you, uh, go ahead and tag you um, automatically through Facebook they just don't even they don't even ask they'll just say hey is this you know is this Ken Steele this looks like Ken Steele it it, it did that to one of my friends when they uploaded a picture of Rick Ross and I guess it looked like a picture of me back when I had a beard and uh, sunglasses and everything like that so they were like hey is that Ken Steele and so Facebook is definitely out here um it'll, it'll, uh, pretty much snitch on you. Um, well, you kind of snitch on yourself, but, uh, it's, it's definitely not, um, advisable to have any of your coworkers, uh, be able to access any of your Facebook. I would go ahead and find any coworkers. This is what I do. I find any coworkers that I have deliberately and then I block them, especially significant coworkers, like managers and, supervisors and whatnot, uh, the CEO, go ahead and block them on all of your identities on all social media. Don't, you know, allow them to kind of seep into there. Even the social media that you think is dead uh, might be associated with your phone number. So uh, just go ahead and delete that or um, block them off that. You know, they, they're usually pretty findable or identifiable um, there, too. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, what I had to recommend um, with respect to uh, what has been commented so far. Oh, um, re- regarding the manager, if, you know, you should confront him or not, uh, I would um, minimize conflict by minimizing contact. You never know if he's going to be promoted into a more powerful level where he can exact revenge upon you, you um, know. In a, in a That
7: I, uh, Your volume dropped, Mr. Steele?
11: Uh, yeah, this this uh, happened to me at a plantation that I used to um, be employed at. So uh, I would definitely recommend just uh, minimizing uh, conflict by minimizing contact. Um, if you can, get recordings of him talking about um, smoking blunts uh you know, that might be something of interest that you might want to hold on to for a later date. Um, Also, uh, I don't care how many black people are in a person's house, are in a person's family, are in a a person's car, um, are in a person's neighborhood. If they are, uh, if they function as white, and they could be identified as white. I just put them in the suspected racist category, and I operate from there. I do not get confused about classification about you know national origin or you know, uh, tri- so-called tribal affiliations or whatever, um, If they are at all functioning and uh, uh, and acting, uh, as a, um, a suspected racist, then I, I treat them and regard them as a suspected racist. I just not let anything about, you know, there's, uh, Negroes in their house or whatever, I, I just don't let that, um, confuse me. I just deal with the person that I'm dealing with right there. And I don't care how much they protest, um, to the contrary, that, you know, they are in fact, uh, a victim of racism as well. Um, if I, uh, can see them functioning as a a suspected white supremacist and uh, and they're being treated as such uh, then I just regard them as a suspected white supremacist Um, and then from there I'll go ahead and mute my line thank you
7: much obliged Mr. Steele Uh, before I get to the other callers uh, there were folks who wrote in as I said before We will see if we can get everybody's commentary in before we conclude. So second person that wrote in. This is our young scholar in the Bay Area. He writes about a week ago, I came back from my trip to the Dominican Republic. How about that? It was an amazing, amazing experience. And I learned a lot while there. There was such a rich amount of culture rising along with decent greetings from everyone in the small city. We were in. I went with about 30 other people in the Bay Area. One of the most significant parts of the trip for me was getting through immigration there and back. It was so chaotic and stressful seeing how these procedures work in different countries and how it affects the locals from both sides. On the trip, we had time to explore the city we were accommodated in, learn about the poverty settled in the uh, DR immigration procedures for Haitians trying to get into the Dominican Republic, talking about racism, white supremacy, uh, and much more. This was one of the quotes I learned from the Haitian immigrants. If a Dominican were to kill a Haitian, it would be treated as if nothing happened. If a Haitian were to kill a Dominican, 1,000 Haitians would pay for it. End quote. This was such a powerful statement, even having some background on this crucial feud. I managed to connect this back to the United States. And this quote is pretty much the same thing for white people and black people. If a white person were to kill a black person, it would be treated as if nothing happened. If a black person were to kill a white person, 1000 black people would pay for it. Otherwise, the trip was full of many other opportunities that I was able to participate in, and it was absolutely worth my time. Young scholar in the Bay Area, glad you were able to get out and do some traveling, use that passport uh, and seeing white supremacy, racism, even the fact that that little tiny island is split into the DR and Haiti, that right there in my view, goes back not to the United States, but connects back to the global system of white supremacy, racism. Put a line here, put a line there, tell you to move. You're going to be in this cubicle today, that cubicle, that cubicle tomorrow. This will be Santa Domingo today, Dominican Republic tomorrow, whatever we decide it's going to be. Uh, Other folks that we've not heard from at all, uh, if you have a hand up Uh, Line should be open. Proceed. Were we able to nab everybody? Did we get everybody, anybody with a hand up that we missed? Can I be here? Uh, yes, ma'am. Greetings, Ivy. Uh-huh.
5: Greetings, Gus, and uh, greetings to all the callers on the line. I just had a quick question uh, for you, Gus. It's a um, it's a personal question, and the question is, what is your stance or hold, if you have one, on just protecting your own? mental health and what I why I say that or why I ask that question is because. It doesn't seem like you have taken off any programs um, to grieve and it seemed like when Dr. Wellsing passed away, you didn't either and like with Pam like you had a, a tribute program, you know, pretty much immediately um, and. In your situation, it's like you can you can take off when you want, you don't have to go. And ask somebody or anything like that, you know. As far as I know, and so you know, I just, I guess, was you know concerned about you and you know how just kind of keep going and going and going to maybe affect you in the future or something like that. And so I just wondered, you know, what your your stance or your code on that is. And uh, I'll move my line. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gus.
7: Uh, much obliged. Much obliged. Uh, black mental health. <clears throat> Very, very important. Uh, Black health overall. Extremely important and extremely, uh, extremely uh, corrupted, compromised by white terrorism. Uh, I did not really have an extensive code around. uh, Self-care or uh, mental health, I'll say it was not very. Uh, extensive, uh, thus I would not have had to lose <clears throat> 70 pounds. I think it's about 75, uh, at this point, uh, if it had been super great, obviously now, uh, yoga is substantial for me. Uh, after the program yesterday, I went and had a, uh, restorative. I normally <clears throat> don't even take restorative classes, but I did after yesterday evening's program, take, uh, a restorative, uh, yoga class that is, you know, slower and more calming, more meditation, that sort of thing um just trying now as i have been doing more yoga and more of that is focused on self care uh just trying to get uh better rest uh just trying to to do things that are replenishing uh trying to schedule time to hang out with folks who are constructive where there's no conflict uh where it'll be good for uh my spirit uh just do some things of that nature go out get some sun uh this weekend i'm excuse me this weekend i'll probably uh try and make some more time just for some enjoyment maybe go do some uh float time or something cool but um yeah i thought about uh obviously we did not you know take a break uh today uh, i don't think so with dr wellsing i know uh for dr wellsing and uh even this time around with the loss of pam uh, i know it was uh helpful for me to uh be active uh being able to uh play some audio clips and going back and and hearing uh their voices uh and continuing Uh, with their work that was uh, therapeutic Uh, and then hearing from listeners as well, uh, sharing their thoughts. So that was therapeutic. I guess it's all about balance. Just, you know, kind of listening to yourself to see if you, if you need time to, to get rest uh, or to take care of yourself, or in this situation, if we're saying grieving, uh, if you need that time, take it. Uh, If you have the energy, you're up to it and you feel, I mean, being truthful with yourself, you feel better going ahead and doing Uh, some work doing some activities whatever that is uh, do that Uh, and for me I generally feel a little bit better uh, if I'm if we're talking about counter-racist work I generally feel better if I'm being active using my time and energy not being a spectator generally is helpful for my black mental health much obliged, uh, Ivy, for the question. Hope that answered. Uh, if other folks, uh, if you have questions, comments, if we missed anyone uh, who has a hand up that has not shared at all, proceed. I guess. <clears throat> Stacy in the UK joining us live uh, shortly after 3 a.m. Friday morning, UK time. Good to hear from you, Stacey.
12: And, um, hello to the rest of the world. Well, I didn't hear the um, <clears throat> program, so I don't know if there was a question that you posed. Um, I wanted to congratulate you, even though it's a late congratulations, for um, training your yoga certification, and also, um, I was pleased to hear that things have improved slightly for Rose in Wisconsin, and also then the Codified Software Developers offer. I don't know if there was an update on that this week, but because um, I didn't hear the earlier part of the show last week, I'm really pleased that um, at least there was. A genuine offer, in in that, um, uh, at least to be considered, um, and I hope that that, if it hasn't worked out, will work out for her in the future. Um, I um, was thinking about the clip that you played yesterday. Actually, um, one of the clips that Pam, of Pam and her talking about how Omarosa was being used and rewarded in the first season of her being on The Apprentice. And, um, I mean, for me, it's interesting, the observation, and it's such a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly all of Omarosa's um, requirements, let's say, when she was on the programme. But one thing I did sure think watching that, even though, You know, for most people, I guess she was um, used as the villain, portrayed as the villain. But I saw her as somebody who had to cope with quite a lot of racism from suspected female racists in particular. Um, And her point about being rewarded at the end, crime sure does I would say I think that is a standard um, tool that's used by suspected racists or racists Um, I did talk about the black female who um, was part of the the issues that I was encountering when the little race soldier in the team that I am accused me of shouting at him and all the things that happened thereafter and then bringing in His non-white manager. I felt that she was very white-identified, and had suspected that her um, her fiance that she kept talking about quite a bit was a race soldier, and that was confirmed. She got married last week, um, and circulated pictures and indeed he is, Um, so she is being victimised on many, many levels and, I mean, she is a nice looking And he looks like, I don't know if everybody remembers the cartoon character Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, that's exactly what he looks like, so peculiar to me. And she was also recently promoted, so uh, crime does pay. The last thing I'll say is uh, how I'm progressing in terms of my code. Um, Still hovering at about eighty percent, so I'm a little bit annoyed with myself. I mean, I'm certainly maintaining my standards that I set out for um, being, you know, trying to improve in codification and being observant. And the racists in the workplace have refined their Their code when it comes to me and how they interact. They do a lot more whispering and a lot more moving into rooms rather than having conversations around me. But that even in itself tells me that, you know, they're practising racism against me even if I can't hear it, especially when those conversations stop when I'm present and they disappear into rooms. Um, But, you know, I'm just observing what they're up to and also um, trying to be more courteous I've added to my code, um, and I was thinking about this after re-listening to some of the previous programmes from the last month, and I do think I need to add um, compassion to my code. I think, you know, certainly Dr Wilsing and Neely Fuller are platinum standard, but I do learn an incredible amount from listening to the other callers. And so I've added Ivy as my um, gold standard because I do think she is very compassionate towards um, non-white victims in particular, Um, and Pam, indeed. And I guess a subset of that, which is just what was just mentioned, is how we are courteous to ourselves or forgiving to ourselves. And I would say that Pam, um, part of Pam's code was to always acknowledge that we need to be kind to ourselves and um I would encourage Ivy to be um uh, you know again I don't know if the reason why she was mentioning um certainly self-care but I did I I was quite concerned about her after yesterday's cold but I certainly do appreciate her compassion towards other victims and I think um I guess I'm I'm probably at 70%. I wouldn't say I'm where I need to be on that, but I'm my line,
7: Gus. How about that? Adding to her code of uh, self-evaluation. Love it. And I've said that for a long time. Uh, Whenever we get that urge to critique a victim of racism and how they are responding to what whites are doing to us, how we're being terrorized, the person that you have the most information about, that you can give the most blistering critique is yourself. Charity and criticism should begin at home. Uh, and the self-evaluation, that and the studies, uh, I guess you can do it's it's not quite experimentation, but just I'm going to make an observation, a study, if you will. Uh, Caller and Florida, just I'm going to chart how many times folks are going through the door. Or avoiding going down the hall this direction, seeing if they're avoiding the nigra in the office. Just simple things like that can be very, very important just for cultivating discipline in the workplace, cultivating being aware, being observant in the workplace, and just the mind state that you want to have while you're on the job. I'm not sitting here mindlessly talking about nothing, thinking about nothing, twiddling my thumbs for however long I'm going to be here. I am in a very mindful state about what is happening around me, what people are saying, what people are doing. Uh, I am very, very uh, informed, uh, alert, thinking critically because I know I am not amongst friends. I'm in a very dangerous environment and I'm going to get uh, myself accustomed to functioning at a high level, even in this very dangerous environment. We'll stop there. Uh, Other folks, uh, if we have not heard from you at all, you should definitely speak up if you have suggestions, comments, proceed. see, other folks who dialed in more recently with a hand up. Line should be open.
10: Mm-hmm. Hi,
13: uh,
7: can I be uh, let's see, heard both of you. Uh, we'll get the caller at 6260 first. Okay. Um,
13: hi, guys. Um, this is Jeff in um, and Jeff, Um I just wanted to give you an update. Um, I haven't uh, heard anything back, um, really. well, actually I did, um, speak to the supervisor um, that, um, called me about the, um, whole, uh, suspension, and I think it was, um, I'm not sure what day last week that I spoke to her, because I spoke to um, Mr. Fuller also, and it was sometime this week, I think it was uh, earlier this week, um, but I had not heard anything. She was supposed to give giving me a call back to let me know the update. I did send the, um I didn't have her information. And so I got her information. I emailed. I did the guys, um, suggestion, and I did the email with the letter of Dr., um, with, um, Mr. Sola uh, told me to call, um, send to him. And I still have not received the um, a call back to let me know what the status is. Um, they were supposed to be um meeting with the client, um, to so let me know what um, was wrong. I was told that um on the things that they said it was the tone of voice and I didn't say I didn't say uh, make make an apology when the guy when the dollar called the guy back or one of the clients back the second time. Um, something that degree um so i don't know what the outcome is going to be so um tomorrow what i might do i might just go into um, the legal aid department and just see um if i can um set up an appointment for legal aid to see what i can do and what the, what the next steps would be um just to at least kind of get a, um some type of um understanding as to like how long the process takes as far as how long they can keep me waiting, and cancer, I'm quite sure they can basically, you know, do whatever they want, but um, I don't think it's going to hurt for me to try to find out as much information as I can. Um, I have called her again; never received um, any information, so I really don't know what to do. And um, as far as um, you know, the unemployment process, I'm not really sure. Um, that's another step I'm going to look to to see how long it we'll would have to take before they would we'll have to actually respond before so I can do any type of applying for my unemployment benefits. But I had, um, I did go on a job interview yesterday and it um, was well, okay um, and I was You know, just put my resume out there and do what I need for and the next best thing and the next break thing. and i think I said I just need to let you guys know what the situation was with me and um, I'd
7: like to thank you guys for your help um, and the suggestions. And I know you. All right. Thank you. Glad to hear it, I hope you get, uh, I'm always an advocate of getting uh, information. If you can do that tomorrow, I think you, uh, you were saying to go to just try to get more information about this process and how long it takes and all that Try to get more details. Also, I'm a huge advocate. I think Mr. Steele has talked about this before, as has other folks. Emmy is putting this uh, in action right now uh, in terms of getting that resume uh, constructed so that you are not just stressing about what's going to happen potentially with this situation and getting frustrated or depressed or whatever it is uh, where, hey, I'm updating my resume and, and trying to do other things so that you know, regardless of what happens here, uh, I'm looking to make sure that, you know, my situation is as stable uh, as can be. That's one of the things where they get us a lot of times we can get so frazzled uh, in these situations that, you know, we we become we become unable to even think of. I can extract myself. I got this job. I can do the same steps, fill out a resume, even though they can make it difficult. I can do those same steps uh, to get a different plantation. Just making sure that, you know, having your focused in terms of uh, what you're trying to do and. Just getting the work done, that's all. Just not letting them get you demoralized, which can happen to a lot of us. They just eat up all of our time and energy, and you just feel exhausted and, and empty and depressed and frustrated and black mental health. Uh, much can ab-
13: I just add one, one other thing? Um, I'm sorry, um, but I have been also um, implementing, because <clears> I've had the time, I've been exercising more. I've been doing more walking, and I've been, you know, um, I've been through types of podcasts for the Y spent like three hours in, in the gym one Sunday and I've been getting I mean like over 16,000 steps of, uh, of walking in and exercising in the park for free uh, classes so I've just been trying to take um time out to take care of my mental health through exercise because like you said that stress and that anxiety that 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 to for us. and you know um, and thinking about what happened but here yeah, it's, it's just like wow, you know. It just makes it real. I mean, it's, I already knew that it was real, but you know, that's just another reason why we should take into account how we should really take care of ourselves. Because this is not, this is not a game. This is an assault, and this, you know, this can kill us. So um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, guys.
7: Indeed, very happy to hear that. I know uh, Emmy would. Appreciate that as well. Getting that exercise in. That's definitely something I would recommend if you do have an interruption. uh, I know Stacy is with us uh, over across the pond uh, where she had an interruption. She was told by whites not to report to the job for, you know, months and months and months. Uh, It seemed like it went on forever. Uh, If you have a situation like that where you're not reporting or you're not working or what have you and you have a little bit more time. Uh, Try to use at least some of that time uh, for some exercise, whatever that is. I certainly have spoken uh, unabashedly about uh, the benefits of yoga. But if that's, you know, hiking, swimming, jogging, tennis, whatever your, you know, exercise thing is, lifting weights, whatever you do, biking, get some exercise in. It's good for your body. Be good for your mind. Uh, Be good to minimize some of that stress. Very, very good, particularly for victims of white supremacy. Uh, get some physical activity in. Super, super helpful with every all of the terrorism that we experience. Uh, Princess, thank you for your patience. Did you uh, want to proceed? Uh,
5: yes.
14: Good evening. I just wanted to share um, a little bit of um, an update from my workplace uh, racism, and as well as uh, another event that had taken place. Uh, As far as the situation with my DM being uh, transferred to another uh, district here, um, I had gotten a bit more information as to the reasonings why, um, just to uh, let everyone know I did or I'm in the process of. uh, finalizing everything, uh, whatever additional information I'm, I want to send off on, on stuff I've been documenting, uh, to the EEOC. Um, but, uh, basically I found out that, um, a pharmacist or a, a pharmacy tech had just recently quit and, uh because she said that they were trying to come after her uh, or trying to do things to make her uh, get in trouble somehow. I'm I'm still not clear on what exactly that, what it was, uh, whether she did something wrong, uh, didn't follow a particular policy or misfilled something. Um, Nonetheless, uh, she said that she was being uh, continually harassed uh, by this person, uh, the DM. And, um, basically, uh, they, they were indicating or targeting her saying that she was responsible for having other, uh, technicians call out. Uh, she was with gossiping or what have you. So before they could fire her, she had quit. But when she quit, she had contacted, uh, corporate as well as, uh, sent them, I guess, some detailed documentation and in writing um, as to the reason why uh, she had quit on them. And like I said, because I had been contacting the EEOC as well as corporate uh, throughout the summer with various things happening, um, I I think they're just trying to uh, look... uh, out for their overall best interest and try and get him out of the way for the time being. So um, that's that. Um, this past Sunday in our, in our pharmacy department, we had an incident where I was called uh, to uh, deal with an a irate customer. It was a white male. Uh, he refused to move his vehicle in the drive, drive or drive through. And basically, was creating a huge scene, this, that, and other. And like I said, the last year when I first got to this particular store, we had an incident with another white male, middle, middle-aged white male, that threatened the pharmacist while we were in a meeting and uh, had threatened uh, uh, to bring a gun. And so... They had came and got us, and pretty much was, uh, you know, we had called 911. He said he was coming back with a gun, and by the time he got back, you know, they they had already briefed us on everything, and they pretty much met him in pharmacy. And, you know, the then store manager uh, at that time pretty much had, you know, requested for him to be banned from the store. Um, so, when I had this incident happen, I immediately go back there talking to the guy. he's not listening to anything, so I didn't even spend ten seconds uh, after he was just blah blah, I was like, You know what, not today. let me get um the police over here. So when I called, now, the police station is uh several yards away from us i mean literally it's a stone's throw away um to the store uh but by the time they got there because the guy said he would he was going to wait for the police and i said oh okay i'll just pull around though but he refused so by the time he saw me leave and i came back to pharmacy to check on everything he had came into the store and he's just sitting there comfortably So I go and speak to the pharmacist and they're telling me what's going on. It's something dealing with insurance. Uh, So, you know, basically, it it took about 45 minutes for the police to get there. By then, I'm, you know, I'm just constantly checking back from time to time, just watching this guy. And he's just sitting there literally twiddling his thumbs, just all cool about it. So by the time the police get there, The pharmacist never called uh, me so that way I could speak to the police. I went out there earlier and took pictures of his uh, license plate with my phone. So by the time one of the technicians had came and talked to me, she said, yeah, the police finally came and, you know, they had a talk with him and this, that, and the other. And I was just like, okay, why didn't anybody uh, give me a call and let me know because I pretty much was going to let them know I don't want this guy uh, coming back here again. Um, so they was like, yeah, um, apparently he's a, a federal marshal and this, that, and another. And I'm like, what? And I guess he was, uh, he was vi- in town visiting from Virginia. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not shocked or surprised, but it's just like, if, I couldn't imagine if, if this was a black person acting uh, the way he was and being nasty and, you know, holding up our line and all this stuff, creating a scene uh, for, you know, disrupting business. I I just couldn't imagine that it would take the police 45 minutes to get there. And when they get there, they have a quick little little chit-chat and everything's smoothed over and there's no repercussions. In regards to his job, I, I just thought that that was kind of, you know, white people uh, looking out for themselves and each other uh, because they're all in the same business, same profession, and and just seeing how they're they're just able to just finesse the system. Whereas we, I mean, we're we're held. Uh, I won't use the word accountable, but they have no problem going after us for things. So um, uh, other than that, that that was pretty much the main thing I wanted to share. Um, I'll I'll wait until later because I I had some other stuff that took place at work with my assistant store manager. Uh, Him and I have gotten into it several times this week. But, um, other than that, just the day-to-day struggle of just going to work and having to work in a hostile working environment is pretty stressful and I'll mute my
7: line. Stressful enough that it kills a lot of black people every day. Context of white supremacy. Uh, that, uh, I guess the second anecdote about the uh, terrorist white man coming into the store and it turns out that he's a federal uh, marshal or uh, enforcement official of some sort. That is uh, a great reminder. Uh, there are so many incidents and probably uh, more to come of whites, a white man or white woman, it just have to be a white uh, man in this instance, where there's some sort of Disagreement, verbal disagreement in public. And so they might be, you know, curse you out. The white person might curse you out or be rude or whatever it is. And let's say it escalates and people say, oh, yeah, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. The situation that happened down in Florida with whites, you never know uh, if the person is armed. This person said they were going to go back and get their gun. They might have just been going to the car. This might not even be a situation of, you know, I got to go home or wherever this might be a situation of I just got to bend over you know go in my boot here dig around in my jacket pocket go out to the vehicle and you know whatever uh whites are so Dangerous. Uh, That's why, in my view, it's so important to have a code because they are so dangerous. You don't want to be reckless uh, under any circumstances, even when you uh, even if you're provoked, uh, even if you are upset. You you do not want to be reckless. You do not want to uh, have any situation, especially if things have escalated uh, where you go into it and you have not thought things out well, logically, before proceeding and then finding out, oh, wow, (laughs) this is not just uh some race soldier uh this is a marshal who's armed oh lord uh i mean what have i gotten myself into on so many levels uh where you could end up being shot killed what have you and then you know he gets a medal uh and a promotion on his job uh, and they try and hang a crime on you on on top of it uh just keep that in mind even if it's it's a uh workplace scenario whites are extraordinarily dangerous and even some of your coworkers Might be armed. I guess I'll leave that as a hanging question. Anybody know if they if they work with whites who are coming to the workplace armed? I'll just leave that as an open question. Uh, Anybody that we missed completely, there, folks who have a, a hand up that we missed totally, you should definitely speak up. I assume we might have nabbed uh, everyone. Can I be heard? Uh, Proceed, retired firefighter. Uh,
1: I would say, uh, on the job that I was on,
7: uh,
1: the vast majority of whites were armed uh, with weapons either on their person uh on duty definitely in their cars, uh because for the most part uh I myself worked in areas where non white people resided. Uh I would uh suggest to uh any and all non white victims of racism white supremacy under the people activity and employment have a low expectation of white people so you won't be surprised about anything that they say or do Uh, 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 as opposed to quote unquote calling the police uh, uh, to involve with, uh, with a white person. I would say do it but understand it as a just a matter of record to state that okay at such such a date i did this incident took place and i did call the police because that is the uh that is the uh policy with the uh the job but don't do it with the idea expecting something is going to happen to that white person uh, uh i i i've seen it a lot You know, when I was working on a job uh, myself, enough to uh, basically uh, have that as a policy. And uh, those are just some of the things that I would suggest. Uh,
7: Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. No surprise at all that the firefighters were armed going out to serve and protect and keep folks safe uh, in the South Florida area. Uh, Other folks uh, who dialed in who had commentary that they wanted to share?
10: Can I be heard?
7: Yes, ma'am. Codified software developer.
10: Um, Yes. In response to the question about on, um, whites being armed on the job at my job um, this this is an open carry state at my job there are people who do not we have the signs on, on the, all the doors that say no firearms allowed um, but there are whites at my job who brag not only about having many guns but about building guns about talking about the AR-15 that they're building in their basements Um and one time, uh, there was, there's this guy who was an admitted white supremacist who used to work in my job, and he, uh, he and uh, my boss at the time were at his car looking in the trunk as I walked out to go to lunch, and my boss looked a little freaked out when he saw me, and the guy just smiled and grinned. So I went over to the guy later on, and I said, well, what was in your trunk? and he was like oh just bullets and shit and i was like oh okay so i mean you never know right you never know who's going to come in there and what they're going to have and what you need to be prepared for but that'll meet my line
7: great report i feel like we've heard from other uh callers over the years like similar types of anecdotes where white Colleagues are talking about guns extensively uh, on it. It doesn't matter what type of job it is. It doesn't matter if these are like geeky, geeky tech type uh, whites. It has not mattered at all. We've had quite a few whites. We've talked about this bringing um, like literature, firearm literature and such. Uh, to the jobs and that sort of thing and, and going back and forth. But I feel like we've heard that from a number uh, of, you know, coworkers, workers uh, excuse me, uh, callers uh, over the years about their white uh, co-workers, just something to keep in mind as well uh, as we, you know, are going to the job and what have you. The real uh, Omar Thornton is not the threat. Racist man, racist woman, racist child. That is the threat. Uh, I, we had another person who wrote in, make sure that I, I do not slack in my reading here, Uh, So Carl wrote in. "Uh, I have to say I love learning. I have to say I love learning and becoming less confused, although the manner to which I'm learning outside of the program is not ideal. I'm still glad that I'm becoming less confused uh, from my terrible interactions with my coworkers as as one out of the two black people left in the company. The racism could not be more blatant all my white and non-black co-workers 100 undermine me and my work they don't listen when i talk and talk to me with preconceived biases about me they assume i don't know what i'm talking about i'm confused i don't know what i'm doing etc for instance i will be working on a project which would be going efficiently it could be any non-black co-worker they would come up to me, ask me a question, and completely ignore what I'm saying. They will ignore, then say they don't understand what I'm saying, call me confused, tell me I don't get it, and then proceed to re- repeat everything I just said to them, and then accuse me of not following procedure. I was working with a client who needed some assistance. In order for me to help her, I am forced to ask this racist non-black This racist non-black, because that's her department, I proceeded to ask this racist non-black for confirmation of payment and she does what she does best, doesn't listen to me, claims she doesn't understand because I don't make sense, accuses me of not knowing what I'm doing. I documented everything on the file. Great. This non-black person proceeds to contact the client and ask what she needed help with. The client said she needs confirmation of payment. The, the non-black person comes to me and asks if I'm okay. She asks if there is something wrong with me as if I have a mental problem or if I'm simply slow. She then goes on and on about how I need help and she, she could assist me with this help. I asked what the client wanted. And word for word repeats everything I said to the client as if I did not tell the client this and then tells me how to properly deal with the client as if the notes don't show that I did correctly inform the client of proper procedure. This happens on a daily basis. They don't listen to what I say. What I would do in these sort of interactions, if it's going to be this consistently, I would try to shift a lot more of this to email. That way you can include exactly what you said or the notes. If there's if you have to like write down the exchanges that you have with clients uh, that you're, you know, the customers that you're dealing with, Uh, if you have the notes from that or whatever you need to say, I would try and direct more of these to electronic exchanges. So that way you don't have to keep going through these verbal exchanges. And I think also that would probably compromise their strategy of just ignoring you. And you, you know, talk and explain or say whatever you say, and it doesn't matter anyway, because they just don't listen. Uh, I would write, uh, try to have as many of these changes written email. That way you can document this is exactly what was did exactly. You know what was said or what have you problem or no. And just proceed that way, as opposed to having these exchanges where they're ignoring you. Um, Let's see. Uh, When I take a look at their work project, it's always wrong. They make a considerable amount of mistakes, which cause major delays, all of which could have been avoided if they actually did not undermine me. Uh, Months and months will go past and eventually their mistakes will catch up to them and they run to me and try to place the blame on me Uh, again. Documentation, documentation, documentation documentation. Uh, that is huge. Uh, the listeners said that they were already doing that in this case. Again, once I've said, when you find yourself in a work environment where you're consistently, even once, take any accusation seriously, are being accused of something. And I mean, this is one where you know, like, wow, they're just totally, it's just blame a nigga for anything. Like I had nothing to do with this or I did exactly verbatim down to the apostrophe what I was told to do. And now they're coming and saying that there's a problem and insubordination or I, you know, didn't do this correctly. Document and again, electronic documentation as well, where if it has to be an exchange where you ask this person or you're being accused, try to get uh, some of those communiques uh, via email. I think that will be much more efficient, much more effective for you. Well, def- I think it can help a lot in cutting down people, ignoring, not answering a question or pretending that you did not respond to something. Uh, if we had any other uh, folks with their own individual situation or if you have comments, suggestions on anything that uh, has been shared thus far, line should be open. Proceed.
12: I got okay.
7: Stacy in the UK, three, 4, well, almost three 40 a.m. Friday morning in the UK. Uh,
12: yeah, a couple of things I didn't comment on. But before I do, so just in terms of the last Report that you just read. Um, I would agree with everything that you said, and unfortunately, these really are standard operating tactics. So, um, I've been on the receiving end of that, and I'm sure that kind of mistreatment, and I'm sure other people on the line have and listening to the program. Um, the only thing I would add, a couple of things I would add to what you have advised, is to really step back. And I know that sometimes when we're in these situations and we're being mistreated, we understandably get on the defensive and we feel we need to respond to everything because we need to prove ourselves and we're almost defending ourselves. And sometimes we don't need to. Or it's about acting or um, responding in a very strategic manner. So like you said, documenting by sending things by email and that's to the customer if possible but also to um, the person who is or the people who are trying to undermine you Um, and we don't always have to um, prove ourselves to these suspected racists who already know that you're competent in your job so Sometimes I've realised that the, the, what they're doing is trying to learn from you. Only we think we end up thinking, I know, it's because they don't believe that we're competent. Uh, yes, they do. They know exactly how competent you are. They're just undermining you. So we don't always have to prove ourselves, but we need to document to demonstrate that we're doing things correctly. And when people are speaking to you in inappropriate ways, that, that is where I would respond. Uh, I would just document the conversation that took place um but also ask um that you know perhaps next time we can have a conversation about the way the person that she spoke to i.e i think calling her stupid or asking her if she's mentally competent or whatever that's just inappropriate um and so i wouldn't write it in necessarily a defensive way but i would say you know it seems that you have an issue um I don't think the, the language you used was appropriate and document in that email exactly what was said um, and that you want to have a good work, working relationship going forward so perhaps um to ensure that we're working better together going forward we need to just have a conversation about why you felt it was appropriate to use that kind of language towards me so i have put it all the way back on that person don't put it as a complaint or anything just talk about you know appropriate local relationships in the workplace and then hopefully that will neutralize it but you know just overall we we don't always need to get to a place where we think we need to defend ourselves and that is really not a criticism it's just that as has been said sometimes you know these things impact how we feel about ourselves and our self-confidence and so we build up our anxiety and we feel we need to respond and we don't always or we need to respond in a more strategic way um a couple of other things that i didn't get to mention um again gosh you mentioned it um about how you know sometimes and i think it was falling on from chapter mania's um update which i didn't hear all of it because it's quite muffled but i picked up that you know she's trying to apply for other roles, things like that. Um, Again, I would encourage people to really think about what the situations are that we're dealing with and whether or not it is really worthwhile staying. And I say that to myself as well, because, you know, it went on for way too long and it does impact on your health. And I found out this week from another black female working in the organisation where I work, that she also has been going through a situation, and it's been going on for a couple of years as well. She was successful because she had a number of witnesses when she did formalise and go through the organisation's grievance process. However, that doesn't mean they don't try and victimise, so they, again, standard operating type techs, have pretty much um, removed her responsibilities, put somebody in who is pretty much doing the job that she was doing above her for four Great higher pay um and this person is not competent and so that's affecting a number of the other people in the team that she's in because they're not getting the support that they need from him only she's making a point of not you know picking up the slack for him because if the organization put him in and he's getting paid more than her considerably more than she decided she won't be the person picking up that slack which is causing tensions with the rest of her colleagues, but, you know, she is handling that by explaining to them the situation. Um, she did find out that um, uh, some of the people in the team who's, well, I mean, what they've done is a number of the witnesses that she had, they have given them pay rises and they're rising up the scale to be either um, at her grade or higher or oh, certainly they're being promoted, and that's not because they're supporting them, because obviously they were they supported her case, but what they're doing is trying to ostracise her and undermine her and cause tensions with her colleagues. And again, she's handled that by telling them, she's not unhappy with the fact that they're progressing, it's just that she is being victimised. Um, but again, you know, this is the shrewd way in which racists work. Um, and she found out this week that... Um, or over, over the period that two of the people who are in the team were actually related to managers in her unit, only they covered it up by one of them using his, I think his mother's maiden name, as opposed to the name on his birth certificate, to cover up that they're related, and some other little tactic that, um, for another person. And some of these people, and this is why we need to be cautious about who we confide in in the workplace, some of these people were people that she was actually going to talking to them about the situations that she is dealing with, um, not knowing that they're related to managers in the unit. So, we really do need to tread carefully. Now, these are um, suspected racists, um, so I think there's a need to be cautious anyway. But, yeah, um, just knowing that you know, often people are related, and this is why these. Um, people come in, they seem to be quite junior and in less than a year, they're more senior than you are and getting paid considerably more. But she also had um, told me and was quite stunned that, you know, all of this is having a really detrimental impact on her health. She has put on weight as we all have sometimes, well, we, you know, is, is a symptom of mistreatment and um, had... Heart operation um, and all kinds of things, you know. She she had told me as well that she had take had job offers, but she didn't take them because the working hours and having children means that this role is more convenient for her. Um, but you know, sometimes I didn't say this to her, but I think it's a lesson for all of us, myself included, that we really need to think about the as as Mr. Still had mentioned the opportunity cost um, because, I don't know, I think there is an element of fear in there, um, well, a lot of fear, because you, you you don't want to go to a worse situation. But actually not having your life and being there for your children, able to be there for your children, is a lot worse than um, maybe having to work out different work arrangements. Um, but, you know, that's not a criticism with her. It's just the fear that we live under. Um, And last thing I'll say is there was an event yesterday in the organisation where I work, oh two things sorry, the event in the organisation where I work, which was something to do with um, the abolition of slavery, um, which I can only imagine was a celebratory event, Um, even in my more confused days I wouldn't have gone to that event, but I saw lots of non-white people coming into the building to go and no critique of them, but you know, being more um, aware, I just find it even more abhorrent because there's nothing to celebrate about that. And your question about um, guns in, the, um, in your workplace the UK context is very different. People very rarely have permission to walk around with guns. Um, if there are guns there, they're illegal. But where I work, um, I don't think they're supposed to know this, but the head boss. Um, does have a couple of bodyguards um, and when you know they're there you recognize that they are um, armed I would say police um, which is really unsettling to see them but yeah I'll meet my long bus there.
7: Much obliged Stacy in the UK almost 4 a.m Friday mor- Friday morning uh, for her uh, the uh, first portion where she was uh, kind of responding to the listener who wrote in. Uh, about white people, they are well aware of our competence on the job. A software developer in Wisconsin, lots of us uh, who have called it, well, not Gus T, but lots of us who are intelligent at something, uh, whites are very aware of our acumen and they are not asking questions or confused or even when they're saying that we are stupid, they are very aware of how much we know uh, and generally try to take advantage of that uh, siphon as much of that information for themselves as possible before they, you know, kick us to the curb uh, after ripping off of our intellectual produce. So absolutely. I thought that was super uh, important and uh, black mental health, uh, again, just being mindful uh, about how much damage we are encouraging uh, incurring uh, in these environments that, you know, might be depriving us of of all kinds of things as we move forward, uh, other folks who dialed in uh, final comments last few minutes of the broadcast, uh, any other folks have comments that they want to get in before we get ready to conclude.
9: May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. um Thank you for allowing me to share again, uh, just to the person who wrote in. Um, I definitely agree with some of the other comments that was made about um, not uh, about trying to shift more uh, correspondence to email. I know I dealt with the same thing in a previous plantation where they would not listen. Actually, I remember speaking about it on the broadcast about how I was supposed to train this white woman. And um, she would say that uh, when she would do something wrong. She would say that um, she didn't get training, which meant that if I was the only one training her, then it basically fell back on me. And so that was one thing that I remember I used. And then also trying to be as concise as possible, because like, um, you know, other people have said that white people, they're not ignorant. And that's something that I remind myself of. This is not ignorance that they're displaying. This is racism. So just trying to be as concise, because even when I try to move more towards email, they would still, um, white people would still come up to me and say, you know, you know, try to just um, resolve the issue verbally. And um, I would still, you know, send another email. And then another thing is, you know, just saying again. So like if you explain, okay, well, I need the, I need you to confirm that the order was paid. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? Okay, again, I need you to confirm that the order was paid. Just, you know, trying to say it in the nicest way possible. That's something that I've had to employ. So that way they fully understand that, you know, you're, you under, you can effectively communicate, even though they want to practice racism and then also um, self-care. Uh, just definitely making sure that I, they are doing this on purpose. And if, you're, if this person is basically one of the very few or two Um, non-white or black people in the company they are likely doing that to get you out to move in another white person maybe even another white woman Uh, so I'll I'll leave it there and thank you for allowing me to share
7: great suggestions Uh, being concise big advocate of that Uh, just I think that's a part of refining our own communication if something particularly when you're dealing with whites Uh, Something can be said uh, in 10 words and you've been saying it in 25. Let's see if you can get it closer to 10 concise, direct, especially if you're talking to someone where it seems like there's a problem with communication. They can't hear you. They can't understand ignoring concise right to the point. If it can be said in 10 words, let's see if we can cut it to nine. Any folks have any other comments they want to get in before we conclude? Uh, one more thing, Doug. To... Software developer.
10: <laughs> Sir. Uh, so in addition to the incessant um, talking about guns, they also talk about brewing their own beer, and they have brought alcohol to work. In fact, we've had hackathons where they have allowed alcohol to be served. So that should be another thing that victims are looking out for is um drunk whites on the job but that i'll mute
7: my line great point and when they have those days where it's an excuse for alcohol on the job i've been in work environments where that's the case too where typically that would not be allowed but for whatever reason it'll be one day sometimes it'll be if the the most powerful white person is having a birthday or one of these tacky holidays or whatever it is. There'll be an excuse to drink. I would abstain on those days too. And that might be a day that you want to use uh, some of your uh, paid time off uh, or whatever it is. Because, oh man, I have seen with man, race soldiers, whites, alcohol, worst combinations in the universe, workplace or no, things can be terrorist. I mean, from zero. <laughs> In like five seconds it can be horrible uh in the way i mean if you thought work was bad splash in a little alcohol oh my uh any other final comments before we conclude yeah, we uh yes ivy
5: i just wanted to uh quickly say to stacy when you were uh addressing me my the call dropped um in the middle of you talking but i did catch uh some kind words uh, that you that you expressed toward me, and as well as um, some concern that you expressed toward me. What I plan to do within a couple hours, if I'm still awake, to listen back to the archive, and if not tomorrow, and decide which uh, program to um, respond back if if that was required. I don't know if you asked questions or anything, but I just want to thank you for uh, the words that you gave toward me, and uh, that was it. I'm on my line. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gus.
7: For sure. For sure. I didn't hear a question. I thought it was more of a appreciation uh, concern from yesterday. I thought it was more of that, not a not a question per se. Yes, I think Stacy would have corrected me if that was the case. Anybody else? Uh, final comment? Question? They need to get in. Last one before we conclude. Grand. Oh, there it is, Stacy in the UK. Yes, ma'am.
12: Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, there wasn't a question for Ivy, but what I want, I, I would like to say, finally, um, is I think it was the codified software developer a couple of weeks ago who talked about thinking uh, just doing enough in the jobs. And I guess this goes to self-care, particularly if you realise that the organisation is not going to promote you or anything and it's just a way of managing how we spend our energy in the workplace I really have been practicing doing just enough not going all out certainly not taking work home or anything like that and it really does help towards just maintaining that work-life balance and uh, maintaining your health physically and mentally Um, and you know I I would just encourage people to really think about that Um, you know people have over the last couple of weeks tried to pile off work to me as we know that is um one of the other standard operating tactics so in order to to ensure that that doesn't happen i just slow down that way i don't have to take on anybody else's work that they're not doing um but i obviously don't let them know i'm slowing down but yeah um so i would recommend people just thinking about continuously what do we need to do in the workplace and make sure that we are telling that balance, whether to earn money, as Mr. Steele said, not for it to, to take over our lives. I'm at with longest
7: Here, here. I think software developer. I think she put a, a specific number on it. I think seventy percent. That was the uh, work rate. I think that she said she was was willing to exert to give them about seventy percent uh, of what she has. If you know, this is a situation where I'm not going to be promoted compensated correctly valued with all of my immense talents talents and genius you get about 70% that seems reasonable and even that might be you know a bit much uh given you know all of the terrorism that you have to endure uh with that we will call it a broadcast uh we will be here tomorrow same time 8 p.m. eastern 5 p.m. pacific to conclude barakoon took the break off last week for teacher training, Uh, but we'll be back this week, normal time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and the compensatory call-in this coming Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, We'll catch up on what has gone down the last seven days. Uh, Certainly, we'll have more time uh, for folks to get their comments and tributes uh, for Pam. Uh, If you have any additional comments, Problems, suggestions, drop an email untiljustice at gmail dot com. With that, thanks to everyone who tuned into the broadcast. I hope it was worthy of your time and energy. I just said it. I get to repeat myself. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Whites and alcohol, horrible combination. Under any circumstances, enjoy the end of the summer. Still be codified, uh, Doctor Welzing. Pam, I think as well, would certainly want us to take excellent care of our health, our brain computer, leave white people's toxins alone uh, so that we can focus our time and energy uh, and in a healthy manner, focus on solving the problem of white supremacy, racism. In addition to being sober, each and every time we are in a vehicle, let's be buckled up. Driver or passenger, Uh, let us do everything we possibly can to minimize contact with race soldiers. Badge or no. That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. Problem.
1: You're a victim. Yeah. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my condition. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned.
11: <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place
7: you've gotten lucky?"
1: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's
7: office.